This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we talk about the least effective method of time travel as we review Christopher Nolan's Tenet, plus Oscar nominations reaction from Anthony, our thoughts on the Paramount Plus streaming app, getting hyped for the Falcon and Winter Soldier and Zack Snyder's Justice League, and a bunch more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, March 15th, 2021. This is Norm MacDonald, and you're listening to the, uh, uh, hang on, I got it here. Uh, it says, the Jock and Nerd Podcast, known for their series of gay erotica found on Amazon, huh? No? That's not that? Oh. <laughs> well, I fucked that up, I guess. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Let's give it up. That's right, listener, we jockin', we nerdin'. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He is the jock. And he's the nerd. And joining us, he puts the sin in vaccination. It's Rug Boy. How's it going, Rugs? I'm on my second shot. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, How do you, yeah, I didn't think Felties were the phase yet. That's like phase felt. Oh, not the vaccine. I'm just drinking bourbon. Gotcha. Okay, that's yeah. good. That'll keep uh, the thing away. <laughs> it's alcohol. It burns well. out of your system. Yes. That's what Trump said, right? You just drink it. Yeah, and, and then inject fine. yourself with some of that uh, disinfectant cleaner. There, a little yeah. spritz in the mouth. You'll be fine. Sure. Rugs. <laughs> <laughs> also, you promised you were going to go through this episode backwards, Rugs. What happened? Did you? Ganip ganap? Yes. Ganip ganip ganap. Oh. Yug burn. I know exactly what he just said. I get yeah. it. That's exactly I'm going to interact with him like I knew what he just said. All right. We'll get to that bullshit later. And it's going to make your head hurt a little bit, listener. But first, here's some news. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Oh, I'm excited because I'm handing over this whole thing, this first segment to Anthony. Oh, wow. Oh, why? Because very early today when we were recording Monday, March 15th in the wee hours of the morning, uh, Nick Jonas and uh, Priyanka Chopra Jonas revealed the Oscar 2021 nominations. Oh, shit. Boner. Yes. Uh, and so, Anthony, give us the lowdown reactions. First of all, I want to know, did you watch this shit live? I did. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, shit. I woke the up uh, about an hour and 40 minutes earlier than I normally wake and up. what time was this on? It was on, it started at 7.19 a.m. Oh, that's not too bad. But it's why so crazy. early in the morning? I don't know why they do it that early. It's 5.19 on the West Coast. Yeah, it's 5 a.m. Hollywood time, which is it's crazy. It's very strange that they do it that early. I don't know why they don't make it a, a more of a primetime thing. I feel like... That'd be a lot smarter. I think they want everyone to report on it. So yeah, they yeah, that's out. true. First they, news you story. The, you can have the whole the whole day full yep. of and that's, I guess that makes sense. That's what we had today on all the shows. This is the big news. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us the um, lowdown, the big awards, and you your want, reactions. Ask me questions. What do you want? What do you want to know? Do you uh, want to know who got nominated? Yeah, let's start with the big uh, nomination categories. Who got nominated? Okay. All right. Well, we can do that. Uh, yeah. uh, best picture. So. We have 
eight nominees this oh, year. Oh, wow. Eight, not ten. Huh. Not ten, no. <laughs> and the nominees are Judas and the Black Messiah, which mm-hmm. I was very happy to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nomadland. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Father. Father, okay. Minari. Nice. Promising Young Woman. Yeah. Sound of Metal. And a movie we reviewed on the show, Trial of the Chicago 7. So we only had eight nominees this Solid. Year. How did you feel? First of all, was this like Christmas morning? And how about that feeling when the nominations of the Best Picture come out and you're like, I've seen all these fucking movies. I was right. Yes, for what it's worth, I have seen all of these fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange feeling waking up this morning and being super pumped to watch I'm people pumped. nominate movies. Yeah, that, me uh, too. I don't feel like I feel like this is gonna be the lowest lowest rated Oscars in, in, oh, ever. No, yeah, nobody's watching. this. I feel this. like this is all a result of Anthony not having sports to watch. <laughs> Definitely, he's like, gotta cheer for something. This is your sports. So any surprises? I have sports to watch, but yes. Yeah, any surprises? Any snubs out of these? Uh, yeah, for the you? big snubs. I mean, per- not personally, but what I predicted. I didn't see the father getting in, but it's a great film. I actually saw it over the weekend in a movie theater. Wow. Um, yeah. The two big snubs, though, were One Night in Miami and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah, those yeah. Basically, everyone had in. No one saw those not getting in. So I had predicted nine movies. They went with eight. Um, and those were those two I had in, The Father Out. Um, but overall, it's a good list. Solid set um, of movies, yeah. Solid. I, the only movie I really just don't care for on here is Mank. Um, yeah. But everything else is is a pretty good, fil- a pretty good film. And I would... Uh, Say this this year's movies, you know, there was a lot of conversation around, like, is it a kind of a flu, like a an asterisk year? Like a lot of movies got pushed back. I'd say all a lot of these movies They're are as movie. good as as any movies yeah, you'll see in any year. So absolutely, surprisingly, um, and, and I'll throw in basically all of these are kind of like indie movies. Um, Trial of the Chicago Seven had the biggest budget at like thirty five million, but everything uh, else is really small. So. Uh, solid set of movies. All right, and a lot. How of, many of these have you seen, Emron? So I've seen uh one, two, three, four, five. I seen five wow. of the eight. And can we just back up and say that you went to the theater during a pandemic to watch a movie that has no boobies or explosions? Watch a depressing movie, but I listened to your your reaction. Uh, the, the father. Yeah. yeah, the movie sounds awesome. It's freaking great. So Anthony Hopkins is fucking amazing in that movie i gotta catch up on some of these rugs how many of these have you seen uh none of them no i saw <laughs> and oh, this is very strange we saw we hey, reviewed one on the show this is very strange for me at least because one. i usually i usually watch them all as, as well but uh not this year um i think i watched the five bloods which i think was gonna be nominated for something no it got snubbed it, it got yeah, we'll, we'll talk it, about yeah, that yeah. one uh the, the trial of chicago seven and yep. nomad land and i think that's it um, let yeah. so a lot of history this year, a lot of diversity. I really like this. Let's move on to best director. There's some interesting shit going on here. Yeah, best director was a was a surprising one. Um, there was one big surprise. Um, so Thomas Wittenberg from Another Round, Never which heard I of haven't him. I haven't even seen it. It's I mean, it was it's been on my radar for a bit. Oh, it has. I yeah, that came I haven't out of nowhere. seen it yet. That's with Mads Mikkelsen. Apparently, it's a really good, fucking good film. Uh-huh. Uh, the premise is that these basically these all these teachers. Have like they read or listen to a podcast and uh-huh. listen and learn that you're basically a better functioning human if you keep your blood alcohol level twenty four seven at like point five. Oh my god! And so there's always another round. They just keep keep the yeah, buzz. So, hey, keep but, the buzz going. That's what yeah, I'm. Yeah, so they're saying. just keeping the buzz going Shit, that's all awesome. the time. <laughs> um, Mads is probably really good in this. Nice. Um, 
But yeah, another round. Lee Isaac Chung from Minari. Okay. Uh, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. David Fincher from Mank. And Chloe Zhao from Nomadland. Yeah, Thomas Vinberg was the biggest surprise for me. I, I didn't. I thought maybe Aaron Sorkin or Regina King. Yeah, Regina so. King snubbed Mank, walking away with 10 nominations. But here we have, for the first time in the Academy Awards history, nearly in 100 years, more than one female director nominated in the Best Director category, which is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. That's great. But Re- Regina King, maybe I would have liked. They got two girls in here anyways, but I would have liked to see her. This Thomas Vinterberg took her spot. I don't know. It looks like he did, yeah. I would say Chloe Zhao is pretty much like she's going to win. The lock? At this, yeah. And I'll, I'll throw in for best picture. I yes. think Nomadland is, is clearly in the front. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how the next month plays out. But I think like Trial could still contend. Minari. And my dark horse would be actually Judas huh. and the Black Messiah. So did you do? Do you have a, a pick for this, or do you, you not want oh, yeah. to say? No, I do. For which one? For any of them. Oh yeah, I, I, right now I predict this is as of this moment, and it could change with some of the Guild nominations and the Baftas. Mm. But see how fucking nerdy I am fucking about this. Baftas, this guy. <laughs> uh, Nomadland, best picture right now. Director uh, Chloe Zhao, Nomadland as well. Okay, more. It's not my favorite. It's just what I. This think is what they're going. gonna pick. More historical nominations. Best actor, Anthony. Yeah, this one you you'll be very oh, happy. I first fucking off, love this. Riz Ahmed, Sound yes, of Metal. Yes. First Muslim, right? First Muslim uh, actor in the category. He is a Pakistani Muslim British dude like me. Oh, that guy was from the Slumdog Millionaire didn't get in. Dev Patel, what was he in? Was he in something or the other guy? I don't know. Riz, he might have been Hindu. Dude, I couldn't be happier for Riz Ahmed getting the Oscar nomination. He's oh, he's great. not Pakistani. He's great right. in Sound yeah. of Metal. Yeah. Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey, nice. Anthony Hopkins in The Father, Gary Oldman in Mank, <laughs> Stephen Yun in Minari. Stephen Yun's the first Asian yep, to be nominated. Another. Uh, big snub here is Delroy Lindo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. I would have had him over Gary Oldman. I think Gary Oldman's not that great. I think Mank is just a boring-ass film. Mank is an acquired taste a little bit. <laughs> Mank is like the... You gotta love the old Academy Hollywood. Award. Like it's like the Hollywood film that is like the, what they would normally nominate. I'm so, I a guess, movie about movies. Yeah, I'm surprised. And, I mean, I guess it makes sense. It got ten for like the technical stuff. It does yeah. well in cinematography. And my, my pick. I mean, this is pretty easy. Bozeman's gonna win. Yeah, this. you think they're giving it to Bozeman? Yeah, I think that's probably the smart move. I mean, it, it's everything's for what it's worth. I actually think Anthony Hopkins is the best out of these. Yeah, I think he's his yeah. portrayal is really friggin' good as a guy with dementia, um, but. Chadwick Boseman's going to win. Okay. Let, uh, best actress. Who do we got? This one was like pretty much locked in coming into this, but it's Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andra Day for the United States versus yeah. Billy Holiday. Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of Woman. Francis McDormand, Nomadland. Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Mm. Um, these were all pretty much everyone knew that these were the five, especially after Golden Globes. And uh, I predict Carrie Mulligan's going to win, but oh, I wouldn't be surprised if basically anyone won. This is a very unpredictable category. Viola Davis now has like the most uh, nominations for a black woman uh, for mm. the actress passing up. I forgot that uh, the other girl. Uh, so you're picking Carrie Mulligan, promising young woman. Okay. <laughs> uh, let, real quick, let's go through best actor and supporting. Yeah, we'll do the two other supportings yeah, so, and then yeah, we'll, we can stop there. Yeah, that's good. Just overall. Uh, supporting actor. This one was surprising. So Sasha Baron Cohen trial. Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami, nice. Paul Racy in Sound of Metal, which is a great pick. And then this is this this was the shocker. Lakeith Stanfield is also from Judas and the Black Messiah. So basically, the two lead actors, yeah, because they're supporting, got roles. put into supporting actor, but, which is 
really strange. But are they leads? I believe it comes down to like screen time and like if you probably figure out the screen time. Like they're both but pretty if, equal if in the movie. But if they're neither are leads, then who's the lead? <laughs> there is no lead. They're both yeah, supporting. That's, that's a stupid thing. That's so, what people are freaking out over Lakeith Stanfield. I saw that this morning. That, yeah, because everyone thought he was going to be a best actor. Like he was getting campaigned for best actor and he wasn't going to win. I think it's a great pick. Mm, I guess Lakeith is in it a little bit more, maybe. I don't but know. It's a, it's a strange to have the two Put leads. Put them up against supporting. each other. Yeah. And then this one uh, you'll really enjoy. And uh, oh, for that one, Daniel Kaluuya is going to win. Okay, Kaluuya. It's, for, he's a runaway train. Fred Hampton. Too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Support, best actress supporting. Best supporting actress, Maria yes! Bakalova. Yes. For its subsequent movie Good film. For, for what it's worth, she's been nominated like everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, my God. Has yeah. she won any of them yet? She's won one. One. Critics' Choice, she won. Nice. Wow. Uh, Glenn Close, Hillbilly wow. Elegy. Terrible movie from what I've heard. I yeah, haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I will. Olivia Coleman in The Father. She's really good in that. Amanda Seyfried in May. She's good she in probably that. the best of she's that. She's good in that. And then Yu Young Jung from Minari. She's really good in that. She's a grandma in that. I want Maria to win, but I don't know. You were going up against Glenn Close, so I don't I, know. I predict Yu Young Jung, oh, but uh, this one's wide open, too. It could be anybody. Wow, good stuff. I found this article on Variety, and it says uh, it's uh, cause statistically... They're dubbing this the year of the woman, and they're saying the only two films that can win Best Picture based on Oscar statistical history are Nomadland and Promising Young Woman, considering where they landed nominations. So I think your pick is probably that's what yeah. it's going to Nomadland, probably. I think Nomadland is going to win. Promising um, Young Woman would be an upset. Promising Young Woman would be Gerald Morris would would shoot he would into lose the air and, and, yes, and he go would. into orbit. Yes, if he would. Want. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a little bit of a stretch for that movie to win. Yeah, I think Nomadland. I think Netflix got like 34 or Netflix, 35 man. nominations. Killing it. Killing it. I think they, they had, lead they it. They had a lot of good films. Um, biggest snub, obviously, Defy Bloods. They got like no love yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do, but I do think Delroy Lindo was fucking Oscar worthy and he did it. He got, yeah, he was the whole hard. movie. That, yeah. I think, uh, he superseded Spike Lee's direction. I yeah. think, I think his performance was just what you would watch the movie for. There is a there is something to make note of in that like all these movies at least most of them so it's interesting because of the pandemic all these movies are very accessible. Now. I was just gonna say that you can pretty much stream all these movies or you will be able to stream all these movies very soon. Yes, yeah, so you don't have to go to theater. You no, can, the, but the other thing is like there it's like very accessible and yet also a very inaccessible in terms of like. You have to kind of keep track of the fact that all these movies are on different streaming. Oh, well, so it's like, yes, yes. It's it's a little bit like very accessible, but almost like it's hard. It's fractured it's like, and scattered all over the right. streaming landscape. Absolutely. Some are you like. You don't just go to your local theater anymore. You have to like Google, okay, how can I find Nomadland? And then, oh, it's on Hulu. And some are some are with services you're paying for. Some are going to cost you 20 bucks. Some are going to cost yeah. you more money on top of the subscription that you're paying. It's yeah. all over the place. It depends how badly. Like, I haven't seen. I want to see Promising Young Woman and Minari. I paid but, for it. But I'm I like, this are, yeah, but I'm like, these are $20 <laughs> pop at the mall. You know, those so, are the two that I want to watch. too. And the father. After I heard your review, I kind of want to really see the father. Um, but again, it's going to be $20 to pop every movie. So I'll, I'll say this. Um as far as like my personal rankings, the only movie, like I said, I didn't really like was Mank. I actually have Nomadland towards the bottom too. Everything else, mm-hmm. I really like. Who would you pick for Best Picture if it was up to me yeah. with like these nominees? Yeah, I'd pick The Father. Oh, I think wow. The Father's the wow. best one. Um, but 
I would have had if it was up to me and I was deciding the nomination. I would have had Soul somewhere in there. Ah, for, I would have whoa. had uh, Palm Springs maybe somewhere oh, in there. Oh shit! I would have thrown it. I would. Have, I mean, I would have had at least ten. So I would have had Ma Rainey, One Night in Miami. Yeah, I liked Ma Rainey better than One Night in Miami. But okay, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I and I that. still got some more films to catch up on. But uh, yeah, I think uh, you are well. I, I know Rugs mentioned he, he's seen Nomadland. I'm curious to see what he thinks. I watched it last night, and uh, I I thought it was good. I was I uh, of course Frances McDormand is always good in everything that she's in. Yeah, you can see her tits. And, uh, I did see Anna Bush. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there was that. And uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my balls was hot. Listen, uh, she went she went for it. So anyway, I enjoyed it. I uh, I thought it was good. Um, basically. You know, uh, Swanky, what's her name? Was that her name? Swanky, yeah, Swanky yeah. the real Swanky, person. you know, she, I was trying to figure out, is, is this like, uh, this is definitely part, this is written, like this is not, she's not going to, she's not going to announce her suicide, you know, this is for the movie, oh. but she still delivered it in a way where I almost believed her. Yeah, it's very real. So uh, I thought that that was kind of cool. And I, the way it was played was very good. It was very subtle. It was like, all right, she was very matter of fact about it. She's like, I seen some cool shit. And uh, I'm good. Like, I'm just, you know, and I think the movie overall, like, it was trying to s- have this kind of um, statement that, you know, like, people just get left behind in this country, especially places that don't have work yeah. or places that don't have uh, industry. They just fucking, at a certain age, you just got nothing. And it was this interesting picture of this kind of lifestyle that's out there. So I found that to be interesting. I don't know if it's the favorite movie that I've seen or if it was like, uh, like I was like bowled over by it. I just was thought this is interesting to like, like I would watch a documentary about it, but I wouldn't want to nominate mm-hmm. for an Oscar. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yep. I felt like I was being informed about it. It was an informative, it was touching and whatever, but like, I didn't feel like, like, uh, like overwhelmed by like, or impressed by anything. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Frances McDormand, I expect her to be great. And uh, she did this like kind of thing where she didn't really have to say much. I mean, you could see all through her emotions yeah. and the way she acted. Yeah. So all this subtle kind of acting. So it's brilliant in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? But I just, I don't think that it, the impact that it had was just very much like, was just like, oh, okay, I'm done with the movie. The movie ends in this kind of like, she kind of drives off into the sunset and you don't know what she's going to do. Yeah. Yep. And, um, it was fine. It was good. I, I had no complaints about it. I have no negative thoughts about it. I just didn't feel like overwhelmed by it either. So it was just kind of, it was good. It's poetic. What do, you, what do you think of, so that you saw Chloe Zhao. I think it's, I, th- I completely agree with you. I, I think it's beautifully shot. But then other than that, like it's just kind of interesting in that it's a peek into something we don't really see. Yeah. What do you think of Chloe Zhao now being a Marvel director and doing the eternals like do you see any sort of yeah i do i feel like i feel like that she has an idea of see look there's people who are who can uh let actors do what they do and that she can and you could tell that she made good choices yeah mm-hmm. like she has david straight hair as this guy and he likes her and but nothing ever comes of it it's unrequited but like at the same time like they're not there's not a lot of like romantic stuff going. It's just no. very suggested. Yeah. So I feel like she's sophisticated in that. Like she's sophisticated in trying to in nuance. Yeah, and not to do things like that you've seen like in regular acting. Like 
it's not like soap opera esque or melodramatic. It's just it's very stripped down and it's and it has like a a, a level of realness to it. So I think that that she's good in that sense. I don't know how that plays into a Marvel film. I don't know how much she directed the actors, like you know, to get a performance because mm-hmm. she, she basically you were using people who weren't actors. Right. And so I feel like that she had the forethought to let them just be themselves. So I don't know exactly what uh, I don't know what the Eternals are supposed to be, and uh, I guess she knows Romance. what. The, I guess. <laughs> what about like her choice of shots and like just the expansive big sky look? I think that will she can use that well in a, a space movie. Yeah, I mean there you know, there's Tatooine shots everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the <laughs> so, Badlands look so, like an alien landscape, yeah. anyways. So, so I mean, I mean, look, uh, you have the most in you have the most beautiful backgrounds. You just have to you know shoot them. Yeah, I mean, look at Tom Green. If you watch Tom Green. You want to watch Nomadland? Watch Tom Green's YouTube channel. He <laughs> literally got Green. into a truck yeah. and just is going around the United States. Wait, are we talking about the Tom yes, Green the from like MTV? Yes, yeah, Tom Green. <laughs> yeah. What? He literally got himself one of those sprinter vans yeah, or uh, yeah. some kind of, and he made it into one of those like, R- like yeah. RVs. Yeah. And he's driving all over the United States with his dog and just he's doing dumb shit. And he's, no, he's not. He's just oh. doing exactly what this movie is. Whoa. Exactly the same thing, Mm. except he's really doing it. (laughs) And like, he's like just by himself a lot and just kind of like, it's like this movie. Um, He's running into people, going to ghost derelict ghost towns and stuff like that. So yeah. And he's got some beautiful shots in his stuff too. Like he has his drone camera. I mean, it's great that you're showing these beautiful landscapes. It's great that you're, you're, you're shooting it and, and, and composing it beautifully and using it. To the great best effect. picture I, rugs best picture i don't know well he hasn't seen all he's only seen it's three. Gonna, i have nothing to compare it to yeah, but i don't even know what be, to say it's gonna win it this is the best picture just i think it's gonna win why it's do you think time. there's such a push for this to win it's just i mean the critics really really love it it's won already in like a couple big major awards it's got momentum it's just, i think yeah, it's because it's, it's got that realness quality i think that the yeah, reason why real. i think that reason why it ascends is because you watch so much shit that's obviously Oscar bait. You watch right. stuff that's melodramatic and obviously written in a way. This feels like she kind of happened onto something special. Yeah. 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 If you like compare it to, it just looks different than any of the other Oscar films that are being nominated. Um, and you're right. It feels different for the, for uh, Imran. You said you've seen how many? Five, six, five out of eight. Which, uh, what's your favorite? Fuck. So, uh, Judas and the black Messiah, very good. I love Sound of Metal. I love Trial of the Chicago Seven. No Man Land was good. I'm kind of in agreement with you guys. It's, it's nice. It's pretty to look at. Uh, it's real, but Judas is great. I really love Sound of Metal for the way it made me feel about hearing loss and how it got into your head and made Very you feel oh so good. But Trial is good too. But that's Aaron Sorkin. He's so talky. I really think <laughs> Sound of Metal. It's got Riz, my boy Riz Ahmed in there overall i'll just say a couple more things the like overall tone of these movies is actually very depressing They're all very depressing yes <laughs> the, the only yes, one that's really kind of rousing is trial of chicago seven minari's funny yeah there's but there's also some like sad stuff sure. in there so like it's very uh sad yeah if i had to like make a quick spiel like, if you're not listening on patreon and i had to like sell yeah because uh, i don't know how many of our listeners actually watch oscar movies like this all the time yeah um, I didn't until last year. Yes, until so, the pandemic. But now I now I guess I'm an expert. Uh, 
the father is like a very good performance about dementia. Uh, really, like it's the father's like a one of those movies that they'll put on the like shit mindfuck movies. Oh, really? It's, it's edited in a way that you are in his head for you like feel like you have dementia. So is it like what Sound of Metal does for hearing loss? The father yes. does for dementia. Wow, yes. I gotta see this. Yeah. I gotta it's see really, it's this. really, it's interesting, <laughs> and it's not like trying to mindfuck you. Yeah, it just it is what it is. Right. Wow. Like, this is how he remembers things. Judas, we've talked about biopic um disguised as a crime drama yep. mank is boring <laughs> don't watch mank yeah. minari's funny as hell it's super charming yeah. it's not at, it's about koreans in arkansas in 1984 and it's not at all about racism so huh. there's that no man land we've talked about yeah. promising young woman this is, one i gotta watch i want to see is this. a wild fucking movie yeah. with like crazy shifts in tone if the the ending though is like Either you're in on the ending or you're not, and the ending is, okay. is a little controversial. I like that. It's on a metal we've talked about. If you feel like you're deaf, yeah. and then trial we've trial, reviewed. So trial. there's the quick spiel on all those. April 25th, the Oscars will air at two from two locations, Union Station and the Dolby Theater. I don't know what they're doing, but some of the people will be there. It'll just be the presenters. Speaking of awards, did you guys watch the Grammys? Like, I, yeah, I watched a little bit of it. I heard there was quite a racy uh, performance from uh, Megan oh, yeah. Thee Stallion and uh, what's her name? Wop. That, that's what her name is, Megan the Sound. Yeah. And, Wop. Uh, oh, Wop. Uh, Nicki Minaj. Nicki no, Minaj. No, 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 no. No, the other the, one. Uh, Cardi B. Cardi B. That's the fucking one. I was hearing from my friend. I didn't watch it at yeah. all. I was hearing from my friends. They kind of liked the format ah. where it was like just the artists. Yes. They had a big sound stage. Yeah. They could do like elaborate performances. Yeah. Trevor Noah was hosting. Yeah. So they had yeah. different stages and there were tables, people wearing masks, but just the, the pr- artists and the presenters were there. There was no crowd or paparazzi, which I'm sure is. Uh, nice and not crazy like it usually is. But listener, look, April twenty fifth. Let us know if you're watching the Oscars. Join the conversation. Join our Facebook group. It, I'll be the only one. It's called I watch it. I fucking watch the Oscars every year. I'm not. Told, yeah, I want to know. I always like to see who wins and what everybody's doing, and uh, I enjoy it. Jogging their nation. Don't let them speak. Yes, no. I well, I like when they get cut off and it's all awkward. Like that's the best part. <laughs> the fucking play the music and they're like, I'm not done. That's hilarious. Hopefully the Oscars learned from the Globes because the Globes was a freaking train wreck. Yeah, that was a train wreck. The Emmys were even a little bit better, but that was kind of a shit show. So enough. Grammys, I heard, did well. Yeah. So time has passed. People are figuring out the format. And that's another reason to watch is like, how are they going to do this? But they did already say uh, viewership is probably going to be the lowest. It's ever. It's going to be shitty. Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) There's no big movie that got nominated. Right. Uh, I want to welcome new listeners to our Facebook group, Jock and Nerd Nation. Welcome, Andy Stevens. And welcome back, Seth Morgan. Oh, shit. Which means it's going to get interesting up in the... Well, he's always been listening, though. Yeah. Welcome back to the Facebook group. Moving on. (laughs) You guys, we now have a show account for the paramount plus streaming uh, this is now the eighth fucking streaming service that i get right holy shit yeah this this is the the, all the major eight ones so i thought we could give uh our listeners a quick rundown on our initial thoughts performance the interface what's on there what do you guys think um, I have some information, but rugs. Let's yeah. start with you, since you had shit all about the Oscars. <laughs> what I have you, nothing to say about no, anything. I know it's fine. You haven't and, seen, and the he's movies. probably seen the most movies out of. I them. know. 
but not yeah, those movies. This is a different kind of year for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pandemic, know. everything is upside down, right? Yeah, it's not Derby. Anthony's watching all the movies. Rugs has to see it. It's all fucked R- up. Rugs is watching, like, actively seeking out C and D list movies. Yeah, he's watching watch. B movies. It's all backwards. <laughs> Everything is backwards, just like yeah. Tenet. So we're getting inverted through our geekdom. I'm watching anything with Frank Grillo in it. That's yeah, my new, Frank uh, my Grillo, new, just Frank Grillo movies. Oh, yeah, we'll get yeah. to that. I can comment on that now. Rugs, Paramount Plus initial thoughts. What do you think of the way it looks? The way it's laid out? What they got on there? What do you? What do you got? Well, I don't like the interface no. at all. I think that that Damn. is the biggest the biggest thing against it that I have. I mean, I was sitting there watching Ren and Stimpy. Yep. I was surprised that Robin Big wasn't on there. I was surprised that a lot of shit wasn't on there. But I was I, I watched uh, the new Real World where they have the old cast the from reunion. New York. You watched the reunion? I haven't watched that yet. I wa- there's only two episodes. They're doing okay. it piecemeal. Okay, but uh, that was interesting. Um, uh, there's movies on there. There's like Mission Impossible movies. There's all kinds of shit on there. There's some. Uh, is there exclusive content? Like new, uh, there is original content. Nothing terribly exciting. You got Star oh, yeah. Trek. The Star yes. Treks. Yeah, yeah, you got all that shit. Um, They'll have the Avatar stuff, right? Yes, they have the cartoon Avatar, The Last Airbender, yeah. and they're gonna. Yeah. That's gonna be original. So content. they have they got the, SpongeBob. They got the whole Godfather trilogy, all four Indiana Jones movies, Chinatown, Zodiac, Minority Report, Jackie Brown, Election, stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of Tom Cruise movies. Classic TV, classic Nickelodeon. Anthony, the the setup of this is like everything else, really. I, I, yeah, they're they're. I mean, at this point, they're they're not reinventing the no, wheel. It looks here. like all the other things. They got hubs. Yeah, they're copying the Disney Plus HBO Max, where they have the different hubs. Um, they're adding like the Peacock thing, where you have a live stream of like news and like different things. You know, it looks fine to me. Um, I didn't poke around too much. I looked at a little bit of stuff. I looked at the MTV stuff because that's the stuff that kind of related to me. I looked at a lot of the like the old real world. I watched the a show called Next back in like 2005 and six. Oh, it was fun rewatching that and looking at like the fashion of that time and like just how stupid that game show was. <laughs> oh yeah, was oh terrible. shit, yeah. they got the state on here. Highly recommend the state, yeah, the state. MTV sketch comedy show. The guys that were on Reno 911. This is what they were on before. I think they're bringing back behind the music too. Oh yeah, and they're gonna bring back unplugged and Yo MTV raps. I yeah, believe yeah, well, yeah. Which is great. they don't have a lot of uh, episodes on some of these things. There's, I feel like there's missing stuff. Yeah, maybe they'll, they'll they'll. Uh, well, I'm gonna watch the out. state. I just discovered this. I used to love that fucking show. Like they had behind the music, which I like to watch. How um, about the uh, did the Anthony for you and your age group the classic Nickelodeon hub? So the hubs here, you got CBS, BET, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian. They're leading into a lot of like '90s nostalgia in the Nickelodeon hub. It seems I actually didn't look at the Nickelodeon cl- uh, club or hub hub um, club hub. Yeah, I mean it, Paramount. It's just uh, when you first get onto these things, I feel like I, I get almost too overwhelmed yeah, by what's there, and I quit and leave. Yes. So I, it's going to take some time for me to get used to what's on Paramount and. Um, exploring that uh the in terms of originals you know like you said rugs they have the star trek uh picard uh discovery they have a remake of the stand stephen king's the stand but i heard wasn't that good but i love the stand i think you might like the new star trek i was checking out the new twilight zone jordan peels that's really that's that's pretty good yeah it's they're like uh 30 40 minute episodes uh all-star cast different people anthology not bad uh, another couple of things to note about this. 
Uh, what's weird, they got Comedy Central, but South Park is exclusive to HBO Max. So you got a Comedy Central hub with no South Park, right? I thought That's the, fucked up. I thought the live TV really set this apart. Like you could watch. Doesn't Peacock do that? Peacock does do that with NBC, but this is, it's pretty clunky. This mm-hmm. one's a little bit, uh, better. And it's basically like what's on CBS now in your location. Yeah, you I saw that. That was cool. Though. You could go to like LS, uh, LA, yeah. CBS, you could check New out York, different, CBS. Yep, different yeah. local. So the live TV and the live sports, like that's that's huge here, I think, for them. One thing that you can't do on this is you can't save anything to a watch list. Yeah, that's annoying. There's no way to like add to my stuff. I noticed that. I don't like mm. that. They have to add that in because that's important. But you can edit the keep watching. You know the where you have the keep watching bar or the stuff you watch? You can edit that, which is nice. You know, I was watching uh, John Campia the other day because yeah. they were talking about like the streamers and the streaming wars and how it's, you know, how we, we used to be like the cell was, well, it's cheaper than cable. Yes. And not anymore. Now, it, now ah, it's clearly not, right? No, like it's, it's not, not cheaper than no, cable. No, no, no. But the thing is, is like we're in the phase right now where they're still like trying to acquire customers. Yeah. So this is what John Campia said, and I agree. The prices on these are all going to go up. And like all of these streamers will probably have. Like some already have, and some are still like getting their feet, but they're all going to have things that are like considered probably must watch. Yeah, at least one or two must watch things. Right? Yes. So like yes. you're going to be like dipping your toes in all of these, and I think there, you know, there's there's the thought that well, people will skip around, but then he brought up the stat like seventy percent of the people that have a gym membership don't even no. go to the gym. Well, like once you're in, you forget that you even are paying for some of this stuff. Yeah. But I, I guess the question I had for you guys is. Since this is going to be more expensive, John Campia was making the argument that this is still way better than cable TV, even if it's more expensive yeah. because it's all like at your hands, yeah. direct to consumer. Yeah. You have everything like you can watch it whenever you're not scrolling through. So do you guys like the amount of streamers and that it's all at your fingertips or like what's what what would you not like? I think that the the biggest issue is, is that there's too much cross-pollination between these things. There's some stuff on Hulu that's on Amazon yeah. Yeah. that there's they're not distinct enough in what they offer. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of it's just like um, a lot of a lot of it's just like uh, like ex, I guess too too spread out. Like uh, either you have either you, you what they curate is not necessarily what I want. I wish I could actually have a little bit more input to what they're curating. Right, because like as I said, MTV came on. Now, MTV has like that channel alone has like a thousand things that I would watch, but they don't have them all. Mm. Like they don't have Jackass. I don't think. I don't think they have Robin oh, Big. No, they they don't have Jackass. There's a lot of licensing issues. But the counter to that, rugs, is because this is CBS Viacom. They own all this stuff for Paramount. It's not going to go away. Unlike some of the other streaming things, where that also gets annoying. HBO Max, Netflix, things come and go. So you're like, I remember watching this here, and you go back and it's not there anymore. Yeah, and that is annoying too. So it's like you want the whole thing is that uh, it, it yeah, this stuff kind of like it goes around the robin. It's like oh, it's on Amazon, it's yeah. on Hulu, yeah. now it's on this, yeah, it's follow on that. It. Like, yeah, yeah, you got to kind of follow. Friends was like floating around for a while. Yeah, and well, I mean, but they're making you know these companies are paying hundreds of millions of dollars for these catalog deals, and things are getting shuffled around i i like i said i have eight of these things now but part of it is for the show 
Because, you know, right. we need to be able yeah, to talk we, about we, it. Lot, we have it but for the show. eight of them, and I don't watch all of them each every day. But What do you watch the most? So, Let's be the top three things that you I watch. I will say I find myself every weekend, there's one thing on like half of them that I want to get to. So I find myself going back to, it depends. Sometimes it's HBO Max, Disney, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon. So uh, you're on HBO Max first. I don't, it depends. Like this week, I wanted to watch Cherry. I haven't got Cherry. I heard it's not good. It's Tom Holland, Russo Brothers. Mm-hmm. That's on Apple TV Plus. And Apple TV Plus has also given me new episodes of For All Mankind. So like every Friday, I got to check in there. So it's a lot to follow. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a lot of things, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird. Uh, I've been I've been dipping into Hulu a lot. Yeah, there's fun shit on Hulu. Yeah, I find that there's some funny shit on Hulu. They got some good stuff here and there. I didn't think I would be. I didn't think I was going to be on that as much as I have been. No, right, right now on Paramount Plus, there's a documentary called Console Wars about like Nintendo versus Sega. I'm definitely fucking checking that out. Uh, one thing this has plus over some others, you can stream 4K right away. Hmm. They have 4K content and it's available everywhere. Amazon Fire TV, Android, Apple TV, all iOS devices, Chromecast, LG Smart TVs, the PlayStation 4, Roku, Samsung Smart TVs, Vizio TVs, uh, all the Xbox One, Series X, and on your Infinity box. Wow. Fucking everywhere. Relatively affordable. At, we're at the uh, $9.99 a month plan, which is ad-free, but there's a $5.99 ad-supported, which HBO Max is adding a $5.99 ad-supported here now after this comes out they've decided to do the same thing you know it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out and if these all can sustain i don't know um i think um was a peacock yeah i think i saw a stat peacock lost almost um a billion dollars in its first year operating wow but do you think that's a lot? And then you realize, like, a lot of i think netflix still loses some or, or there's netflix was losing billions so like We'll see how it kind of plays out. I will say that um, I do think it's it is better than like cable TV in terms of like the value add, like of terms of having everything at the your fingertips. Stuff, and I'm, yeah. I'm, it's almost like there's almost too much stuff. It's now. overwhelming for <laughs> sure. I try and put this in perspective. Okay, like when I had just cable and Netflix, right? This is like a few years ago before there was all right. this other shit out, and maybe Amazon. I had the entirety of. I don't know how many cable channels I had, like like 800. Right. And like, yeah, like maybe you watch maybe 50 of them, but 50 of them and they all have That's their own. <laughs> yeah. And they, and, and they all have their own shows. Right. So it's kind of like the, the, the difference is, is that we weren't conscious of the shows because we'd be very, very decisive of what we watch. You know, you just see like the guide and you just, eh, it's just a name. Now, like, you have these tiles and you can look at the thing. You'll watch a trailer. Now you can kind of get into more shows because you have this interactivity that you didn't have. It's just crazy. Like go into your Fios or if you, whatever you have Xfinity and look at your on demand and look how much shit that there is there. It's fucking endless. Yeah, there's tons of stuff there to watch you know? all the time. So it's like free. the same thing yeah, almost, right. except it's just um, instead of it all being in, on on your cable box, it's like it's scattered on apps. several apps. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Let's get down to the the question: Is this worth it? Here's my take. Right now, I'm not sure if it's worth it for everyone. If you are a fan of CBS shows, if you are a fan of Nickelodeon, MTV, Star Trek, you must watch the new Star Trek. Definitely. 
I would say it's worth it. I think it will become worth it later because, again, I mentioned before, what got me excited is that new movies like Mission Impossible 7, A Quiet Place sequel, will be premiering 45 days after the movie releases in theaters. This, Geek boner. This, I think, is going to be a big selling point. The live TV is great. I think it'll get to be worth it more down the line, I'd say. So if you had to... Uh, what's rank, what, how did you rank them out of the top to the bottom? So out of the eight I have, this thing is probably at the bottom right now. I think Peacock's at the oh, bottom. Oh, Peacock's at the bottom, and then this is above. Yes. And I haven't really spent that much time, but content wise. Apple TV? The, yes. Then I would, yes. Then I would put Apple then TV. Then Amazon. Then Amazon. This is good. Yeah. Then this is where I can't. Then it gets Hulu, hard. Hulu, HBO, Fuck. Disney, Netflix. Netflix? I, that, or is it, that's, mm. I don't know what the order is. Yeah, no, I would agree with. It's it's somewhere around somewhere there. around there. That's pretty good ranking. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Imran. I think uh, I think right now it just depends on your taste. Like if yeah. you're like you mentioned into all those things, then and into the nostalgia of all that stuff, wow. then you have it right away. Wow. I think similar. To, I think all of these eventually will be. I don't know if I'll, I don't know if the term it's like worth it, but will they'll be they'll have all of these. I think are going to have or already have like quality quality content. Like I think. The amount of investment and money in these yeah. streaming services and in, in terms of original content, like, sure, they're going to have some bad, there's going to be some misses, but I think there's a very um, big push within Hollywood to make quality content because you're going direct to consumer and that consumer can can cancel their membership any month, right? Yeah. So you, you continually have to prove it yeah, right yeah, every month yeah. and i think eventually these that's exciting. streaming services that's exciting yes. i think the eventually these streaming services are going to lock people into your contracts because the volatility and losing people every month it's going to be too much at some point absolutely but i think right now is a very good time in terms of content because like i said they're they are they're putting their best foot forward all the time right now they have to rugs what do you think worth it yay or nay i mean I think that if you don't have cable, it's com- it's worth it. Yes, yes, because you can pretty much yes. get everything that you want. Yeah, I mean, you don't need you don't even need half of this. Like no. to to really be happy, you could probably lose a couple. Yeah, and like yeah. And, and still feel like you're connected to a lot of shit. Absolutely, still feel like you're part of the conversation. That's another thing. That's FOMO. Is going to get people to sign up to fucking things, right? Yeah, I mean, like it's it, it's the same thing as cable. Like, there's the guys who had regular basic cable and maybe one premium channel. And then there was the asshole who had everything and the fucking sports. Dude, and I got HBO because everybody <laughs> was fucking talking about the Sopranos. Do, do you, do you remember the days? This wasn't that long ago when there were those guys that had everything. And then you would like go to their house and they'd be like super ecstatic to show you. They had HBO three <laughs> and like HBO. Showtime Latin America. Like, you know, they had like everything. It's like I got everything. I got all the channels. Yeah, but, I got even the the on demand channels. I got all this stuff, and I got the black box. Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody cares the black box. <laughs> I got Greek TV. You know, I get shit from Siberia. You want to watch? Yeah. You watch some I Russian got the Zimbabwe years? Olympics. Yeah. I got everything. You want to watch uh, the Flintstones in Spanish? I got it. Anything you want, I can do it. Well, look, let's talk about Disney Plus, the top tier. Streaming service because they're putting out a lot of exciting they're, things. They're over a hundred million subscribers. Disney Plus just announced in March like, that they are over a hundred million subscribers. Took them sixteen months to do that. It took Netflix ten years oh, to reach hundred million. Two years ahead of schedule. Holy shit! That's unbelievable. And 
it's not going to stop because Falcon and Winter Soldier, two big things premiering next this week for us. Falcon and Winter Soldier being one of them this Friday. Uh, social media reactions to the first episode are out and some reviews. And uh, they're saying every uh, it's b- largely positive, of course. A lot of action. Uh, a lot of what you would expect. A lot of what right? you expect. More traditional than the crazy WandaVision. And there was a new final trailer. Did you guys get a chance to check out this trailer? No, I've been avoiding it because I don't want to get spoiled. Okay, I mean it's the, it's not. I checked yeah, it out. it's not bad. It's not that spoiler spoilerly, and I didn't want to see it either. It does get me super pumped, geek boner, uh, with the action it shows. This uh, series, much like WandaVision, written written by one person, one vision, one voice, directed by one person, giving it one solid vision. This one's director Kari Scoglin. She's doing the whole series. She has directed episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. The Walking Dead, The Americans, Boardwalk Empire, House of Cards, and an episode of The Punisher for Netflix. Geek boner. Pretty good uh, resume there for <laughs> the, the director. The re- classic resume. The classic resume. Also, let's not forget, we're going to get Sharon Carter. A lot of bad guys. You got U.S. Agent. You got Zemo and uh, George St. Pierre. Batroc the Leaper. Oh, Batroc the Leaper, yeah. Will be back. So what, what's your, let me get a check on your level and anticipation. And my big question is. Can this be even buzzier? Can the hype, the theories be even crazier and bigger than what we just went through hmm. in a wonderful eight weeks of WandaVision in the next six weeks? Can it get bigger? It could. I mean, to be honest with you, this is not really on my radar right now. Oh, interesting. As I'm anticipating uh, the Snyder Cut mm. and, mm. and, we'll and get into that. Godzilla. Yep. Yep. A lot of stuff Ooh. coming up. And I'm like, oh, this is going to – you want to know why? Because I know it's going to be – I'm going to watch one episode, and then by the time I'm, like, really smack dab in the middle of it and really psyched, like, you know, I'll be three weeks from now. In in act two. Well, yeah, it's six (laughs) hours. It's six parts. So uh, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get one episode. Is it going to be a fucking half hour long? Like, what am I going to see? Oh, these are going to be, like, long, like, 40-minute episodes. It's got – it's going to be a six-hour thing, six weeks. I think they'll be close to an hour. So, uh, yeah, I'm like – I'm not um, not looking forward to it. It's just like it's just kind of like in the order of things that I'm excited about. It's probably like third or fourth. Wow, yeah, interesting. Because there's a lot to stream. There's a lot to look forward to. <laughs> Anthony, yeah. what about you? You know, I'm in the bag yeah. for all this shit. I'm I, yeah, I'm I'm excited. As far as can it be like more buzzy than Wandavision? Well, we'll have to see. Wandavision kind of lent itself to being buzzy yeah. because it was a mystery. Yeah. Then they teased you halfway through with the X-Men thing. So we'll see like what the intent of the show is. I think this is more of like they've kind of been able to do the spy espionage thing really well. So I think this is more like within what they know how to do. So I think it's going to I think it should probably be good. Um, I did read that the first episode ends on like a, a cliffhanger. Like a, nice. So we'll see. I mean, I like those characters. So. Show me Winter Soldier, the TV show. You know, that's kind of what I'm expecting, that kind of tone and that level of, of writing and right. espionage. But it's such a different thing than WandaVision, and it's crazy that this was going to be first. And that came up first, and it was so weird, and it got so big, and it pulled in so many people. I'm, it's going to be really interesting to see. We're kind of going back to, like, the vanilla, Marvel, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, if it continue like... The WandaVision stuff, does it like just seep into this and it just keep escalating or is there like a cool down? We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I can't wait. A lot of people in the group are excited. And the other thing to get excited for, Bugs, you just mentioned is 
Jack, uh, Zack Snyder's Jack, Jack Snyder. Snyder, Jack Shaper. Jack's brother, Jack's brother, Zack Snyder, <laughs> yeah. Jack Snyder's brother, Zack, has made a movie. It's four hours long. It's called Zack Snyder's Justice League, a film by Zack Snyder, directed by Zack Snyder. Is that what it's called? I something like that, and uh, that <laughs> that will also come out uh, this Thursday. And uh, he's revealed that there's actually an epilogue. There's a seventh chapter called "A Father Twice Over." Whoa! So, and I also heard so this movie that we know the backstory. It's a redo of the Justice League, uh, and uh, it's a one kind of a one and done, and it ends on a cliffhanger. What? Why? Why? Why would you do that? This isn't going anywhere. Apparently, it ends on a cliffhanger. They're going to restart the Snyderverse. I don't think so. So apparently, this is getting good reviews. Yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes. So I've seen reviews are like mixed, but they're from like this is amazing to you know just an improvement. Definitely an improvement over the 2017 movie. It's at 75 percent on the Tomato Meter. The uh, Joss Whedon one is, I think, 40 percent on Tomato Meter. I find I find that this is so. Uh, hilarious because like you can't just watch this movie without baggage now like there's like the Snyder bros like that they're supposedly yeah. the villains here that are like they're they're gonna see their movie do well and um and then you no know, one wants to hear from them you know it's like so it's like it's funny like that this has become uh well baggage yeah. attached there's there's it. like a, a fun converse not funny but like an interesting conversation because the fans basically made this movie, so I feel they like they have to love it. I mean, I th- yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like they're almost obligated, oh, right? Shit. Like if you if you if you're the fan that was like begging for this, and then it's it's complete if shit. shit it, it's kind of your fault, a right? Bit. You like you made it. this happen. You wanted this, but you know, critics. But about the gloating, because it is is probably good. I think there's going to be gloating, be and it sounds like it might actually be a better movie, slightly. Um, then, uh, well, then what we got, let's, let's, let's put it this way though. I, I and I, you know, I, I have my obvious problems with the Snyder verse right. and how this was going. I, I'm, I am willing to watch this because I, that justice league was a, a Frankenstein movie. It really, it doesn't have much more, like it can't go anywhere than up, that, right? It has like, a couldn't low it be bar. Shittier? Absolutely. BVS was so bad. It can't be worse in my than opinion. And justice league was just, you know, mess. So. You'd have to work hard to make it worse than that movie. My only concern, but the only thing four hours. Yeah. Though. So a lot of people had a problem <laughs> with the runtime. My only concern is this is what I think as we're going to get much like the movie. We're going to review tenant where it's the most, like this is the most Zack Snyder movie ever. So I'm just afraid that nobody said no. And they just let do everything. And that's why it's fucking four hours. Well, listen, I don't, and this is going to be a shocker to everyone. Is that I don't hate Zack Snyder like everybody oh, does. Yeah. Now I'm not a Snyder bro by any means. I wasn't sitting there clamoring for this fo- or campaigning for this movie, but I did like what he brought to certain movies. I felt like he had a flair, as a style. Yeah, he's not the best with uh, you know uh, some. He, he's not the best with playing with other people's toys sometimes. Yeah. But I do like what he. I think that he does bring something his own thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's fine. Now we're going to see now what that is. Like, I mean, I feel like Three Hundred is a very Zack Snyder movie. Yeah, I and I enjoy that movie because it is like a overly macho, ridiculous movie. Yeah, and I like shit like that. Well, you might get so, that in this. And I like stupid movies that are just about <laughs> people beating each other in slow mo. So every once in a while, not all the time. Four I like hours, I slow motion fight scenes. I don't know if it's. I mean, look, <laughs> it might be too much slow mo. We probably already know this going in. There's going to be a lot of slow mo, 
a lot of music video. I'll be keeping a running going on. running timer on the slow mo. But man, but, um, but, uh, I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping that it's at least enjoyable. How are you guys gonna watch this? You gonna use the chapters? You gonna plow through it in once? I feel like it may be too oh. heavy to sit through it one fucking. No, I'm gonna watch it in once. I'm gonna drink coffee okay. and watch it in one sitting. This is this weekend too. Yes, right? this, yeah. we're gonna be reviewing five hours yeah. of shit next week. I, I will. I will sit there and watch it in one sitting. I, it might take me five to six hours uh, to Jesus. finish it, but. I feel like uh, I feel like I I owe it to myself. I don't owe it to anybody. I feel like I just getting the real experience of it is 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 what it has to be. If if he's gonna make a four hour film that we're gonna have to review, and I would probably watch it anyways in a movie theater just because I I want to see what this is. I might as well sit there and tough out the four hours. You see, like I recently Think watched like a big boy, Anthony. I recently yeah. watched Spartacus, like uh, during the summer. Yeah, how long is that? And that's, that's a, a fucking four-hour yeah. movie, yeah, almost. A long it's a, just and then and Gone with the Wind. Gone that's with the Wind is a long one. Yeah. So, like, I mean, if it's a good movie and it doesn't feel like it's like punishing me. I'll be happy, but I don't know if I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, when's this fucking thing going to be? Are you the serious? Thing is, like, think of some of his heavy hand, like punishing you. You talk about and that Snyder is notorious for heavy handed punishing people with right with but over and over again. So four hours of this, I want to slit my throat at the end of this. Is that what's going to happen? Well, it's got the added thing that you've already seen this movie True. before. I know what kind so of So now, this like, yes. now you're like not even surprised by what happens because you kind of know the whole movie. That's why so. I think I'm going to enjoy this fucking ridiculous Zack Snyder over the top stuff can't wait <laughs> listener get yourself some podcast merchandise swag visit our t public shop jockinair.com slash shop we got you can get the new logo on t-shirts hoodies uh mugs uh, stickers masks all sorts of things condoms not, not yet i'm still working on still working on a sponsorship with the good people over at magnum no i'm not i don't know <laughs> they refused to print my face on a condom and they hung up on me. Uh, what about my face? You can have, yeah, I was thinking more you can have Rug Boy's face on your face and chest right now. Visit jackandnerd.com slash shop. Jack and Nerd. Jack Snyder. Last thing in the news. Let's wrap it up with this. Uh, Avatar has now overtaken Avengers Endgame as the all-time highest grossing film worldwide why how did this happen they re-released the movie in china this past weekend uh it added 12 million dollars to the total and it was only like seven or eight million dollars behind so avatar's worldwide gross now 2.802 billion versus endgames 2.797 billion Marvel, I'm looking at you. Re-release Endgame. Oh, this is Why? some bullshit. You want Endgame to be the one that holds the most money. You know what? It doesn't matter because Disney owns both movies now. Oh, if you shit. think about it. Well, they do, but I'm saying you would rather it go to Endgame. I'd rather go to Endgame, but also the fact Zoe Saldana is in two of the highest grossing movies, and they're both owned by Disney. I'll, Disney I'll make the case why it should go to Endgame. I feel like Avatar... Well, it's like the only movie in this, but like in the movies that have made this much money, is there any movie other than Avatar that no one ever really no, talks where, about anymore? Who's fans of this movie? <laughs> where are the people just... I, I, and I'll fully admit, when I first saw Avatar in the movie theater, I was mind-blowing. I was like, this is crazy. It's Pocahontas but I like, Tales. But I haven't thought about it since. <laughs> where are the cosplayers dressed up like Navi? I don't see them. Like, I think that the reason why is because they haven't made anything else. They just, oh, he's working right. on it. They, 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 just let it they just let it he's go into obscurity. He's in the bottom of the ocean trying to fucking find shit. I mean, like, film. Blade was an amazing movie, but no one talks about it anymore. But, like, yeah. it was, but, 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 Blade, but Blade's universally recognized as, like, 
one of it's the like best sci-fi movie. films ever. Yeah, it's like a cult but does hit. like Avatar like the set? Is it like is it like Terminator? Is it like Aliens? Is it well in terms of in terms of a special effects three D film? Yeah, I think it was it was something. I that just wish was it talking. didn't have a derivative story. You know, could have been a little. Yeah, more, but every story is derivative. I guess, but yeah. like so overtly, yeah. like it's the same beats. I just don't feel like uh, I don't know. I don't feel like the Navi have been like ingrained in our culture like no. other big sci-fi things. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the story's over, and I don't know how you're going to progress this into something else, but I'm interested to see what he does. Yeah, I don't know. The next one, underwater. The whole thing. That's how he progresses That's it. what he's been yeah, doing. the whole thing's going to be an underwater planet, uh, like a Pandora, but underwater. So, James Cameron. I like James Cameron. I love Cameron. I can't. Films. You always want to see the next fucking Cameron. So, I thing. guess it's going to be another person becoming an avatar in another alien race sure and we're gonna learn about this other alien and then race. he's gonna do that three more times because he's making four of them huh. <laughs> i don't know who asked for five avatar I'm movies not, i'm not saying it's a bad film i'm just yeah. saying it's just not it's weird enduring yeah it's film. weird all right gang we will take a break here play some promos and come back and mind fuck the fuck out of your mind as we try to figure out what happens in tenet right after this after these messages I'm Imran. And I'm Sophia. I'm the brother. And I'm the sister. And we are watching a show about cousins. We're your hosts for Dance of Joy, a Perfect Strangers rewatch podcast. We grew up watching the 80s hit sitcom, and now we'd like you to join us every week as we rediscover our love for our favorite TV cousins, Balky and Larry. You can find our show at danceofjoypod.com and on all major podcast platforms. Now we are so happy, Sophia. We do the Dance of Joy. Imran, this is a podcast. They can't see us. Oh, po po. Hey, my name is Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I'm not an animal expert either. And together we do a podcast about animals called Varmints. Every week we pick an animal, do a bunch of research on it, and bring you some interesting facts about that animal. But we don't stop there. We talk about that animal in movies, TV, and other pop culture. And we talk about whether or not the animal would make a tasty dish, and how intelligent we think that animal is on a scale of 1 to 10. It's exactly like one of those fancy PBS nature documentaries. Except not at all like that really in any way. We're on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from, and we're at BlazingCaribouStudios.com. Listener, if you enjoy the show and want to show your love and support and you want more show, join our fan club. Visit JockandNerd.com slash Patreon. JockandNerd! Where for as little as $3 a month gets you bonus content and exclusive RSS feed. With lots of bonus audio, the shows come out early. Tons of fun things. Oh, my God. So many things happened this week. I have so many people to thank. We have some amazing listeners and supporters. All right. Here we go. Thank you to the following people. David Zika. Zika's Viral Comics. Thank you for increasing your pledge. Whoa. David Zika is our second ever patron. Oh, shit. He has been supporting us since 2016. Jesus. Do you remember we first learned about David because he did not agree with us? He did not like our views on the Batman versus Super. BVS got us together. Now he supports us. This is why I love our podcast. Everyone's cool and he's been listening since 2016. He's done so many things to help promote the show where he is. We can't thank you enough. Check out Zika's Viral Comics on eBay. It's his eBay store where he sells Really cool, rare comic books. 
Ah, uh, thank you, new patron Anthony, your boy Gerald Morris from Two Peas on the Podcast. Oh shit, that's my guy. He has uh, signed up for the Patreon. Thank you, Gerald. Thank you, Glenn Smith, for increasing your support. Thank, Whoa. thank you, Roberto Rivera, for increasing your change to a hilarious number. Can you guess what he did? Sixty-nine, dude. Yeah, he went from. $10 to $10.69. Fucking fantastic. I love it. I'll take it. Oh, shit. Every little bit helps. See? Just goes to show you. A little thing like that. Uh, Blake Braden, also thank you for increasing your pledge. Wow. I'm, Why is it I don't know. And I'm not done. <laughs> I told you. It's because I mentioned that thing last week. Listen. Oh, uh, Discord benefits. Now with Discord <laughs> benefits, Tom Walters, who uh, has been supporting us. Thank you, Tom Walters, for increasing. He went from $1.00. To $10 a month. Oh, shit. Which means he gets to pick a movie, any movie, Tom, for us to review. Send it over. Tom also has a podcast. You can check him out over at zencommuter.com where he teaches you how to meditate and chill out. Cool. We, can, we wow. all need that. Th- thanks to all of these guys for increasing or joining. It's awesome. Unbelievable. Awesome. Yes. Uh, we have, there's now Discord benefits, and eventually we're going to figure out some Discord events, everyone. It'll be even more exclusive, interactive, just for our patrons. Bonus content this week. Anthony, you put up some fun things. What'd you, what did you give well, us? Well, you can see what I was predicting with Gerald Morris for the Oscars yep. prior to them coming out this uh, on Monday, uh, March 15th. So you can see the, what I was thinking and see how wrong or right I was. I think I was mostly right, but who knows. And then I reviewed The Father, which I've talked about, and I care a lot which is a freaking wild movie. That's the Rosamund Pike movie, right? That's a movie you guys should definitely I check out because it's freaking wild. It's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Rosamund Pike, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage He's is ba- in there. Oh. Peter Dink- it's basically like them two. Like one is Unstoppable Force. The other is like the immovable object yeah. and they just like clash. Fuck. It's like two terrible people clash. Oh, I love it. And Dinklage is, I fucking, I miss him as Tyrion. He is amazing in everything. He plays a, a mobster. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm definitely it's checking out. I, care a lot. I saw somebody, was it Jess Rivera, posted that he hated this movie. It's a very divisive film. Okay, but, uh, I like that. I like wild. the divisive movie. It's very entertaining. I'm going to watch that. And then also my instant reactions will return as the Falcon and Winter Soldier start so you can catch an instacast. Oh, is that what, that what T-Foss was? Yeah, I didn't know what that was either. Because I'm not typing out the Falcon and Winter Soldier every time, so you fuckers get used to the acronym. Oh, T-Foss. T-Foss. We're going to be talking about T-Foss next week with a special guest. Helping us review everything. But for right. I feel so internet-y. <laughs> Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon for all that shit. And again, thank you for everyone for your support. You guys are amazing. Let's get to our review. We will be reviewing Christopher Nolan's 2020 film Tenant. Here, Tenet. Or Tenet if you're French. There's no accent. Here's your spoiler <laughs> alerts. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time! Uh, this review I am dedicating to our buddy Jimmy the Geek Graben. Nerd. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he left us a very distressed voicemail asking for uh, a discussion of this movie because it made his head hurt and it fucked him up. And yeah, that's what this movie does. On Rotten Tomatoes, Tanae is 70%, uh, 6.9 out of 10 average rating. This movie had a budget of 200. Hundred million dollars. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, delayed three times because of the Corona. It was eventually released in the UK August twenty sixth last year, and then in September, early September, 
in the U.S. The first movie, this was, of course, going to be the big movie to uh, bring everyone back to the theaters. And it was too early, but it ends up grossing $363 million. It's okay. It's not great. It's the fifth highest grossing film of 2020, but doesn't really break even. Written and directed by Christopher Nolan, this is his 11th movie and his fifth that he has both written and directed by himself. Uh, starring, of course, uh, you have John David Washington as a character who doesn't have a name and is just named protagonist. Uh, you got the Robert Pattinson uh, and a bunch of other people. Who else is notable in this? Oh, Kenneth Branagh in an unbelievable role. And then who's the girl? The giant woman. Uh, yeah, what, <laughs> she's very tall. What is her? Cat uh, is played by Elizabeth Debicki. Very pretty, too. And, of course, she was in uh, uh, Gardens of the Galaxy, too. Oh, she, she the played gold the lady. gold lady. Yeah, that's where I saw her. And, of course, you can't have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was the wow. uh, fucking gold woman. You can't have a Christopher Nolan movie without Michael Kine. Michael Kine. Who is also in this movie for really no reason. But we'll get into that. And it's long. It's two and a half hours long, this movie. Now, Anthony, the plot is kind of. The fucking problem with this movie. Go for it, Anthony. Oh, fuck. I'm yeah, going to challenge it. you to try to explain what the fuck happens in Tenet. Oh, man. Good luck. And my God, and, and I haven't seen this soul. since July, I think, or whenever it came September out. September it came out. July. September? Is that when it came out? I believe out? it came out in September uh, in, the U- in, the, in the U.S. Oh, whatever. See? I don't even know when I saw <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> this movie is in some sort of time frame where weird shit happens and there's this secret agent that gets recruited to tenant and they're this agency that has found out that there are things moving back in time in our present and while they figure this out they figure out that whatever is happening that's moving back in time is also related to the end of the world and they gotta stop it how about that? Not bad. They got to stop an attack. Yeah. Uh, end of the world thing. If you if you get too into the other stuff, it's going to be it's really freaking confusing. Is, even yeah, and you more confusing than to me I, than what I just yeah, said. Yeah, that is an oversimplification, but I'll take it. Well, but it's convoluted. Can we? Can I ask some basic questions? Yeah, let's questions. get started. I don't even know where right, to fucking so start. So, how do they movie. go back in time? Well, okay, what are the rules of inversion? This movie introduces yeah. time I mean, inversion. Is it like when your dick's not hard and it goes back <laughs> in? Is it an idiot instead of an idiot? Is it an inverted? Uh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, how do they go back in time to like put all this stuff there? Is they 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 have to they invert and then they just walk through the world backwards Tur- until they get so there. So the turnstile, you have to go through the turnstile to invert objects or people. Is how you get inverted. But basically, what they're doing is they're walking through the world while everyone else is going backwards. In time. Well, well, they're going, the people that are in back in time are going forwards, but everything is moving the opposite way. So the world is spinning the opposite way. They see everything backwards, but they think they're going forward. Yeah, but the uh, meantime. Now, are they, uh, they're not aging when they're going no, in. No, they are. This is really the most ineffective way of time travel. It's real time. If you want to go back a week, you got to invert yourself through the turnstile and wait a fucking week and then come back out. Like, this is the most pointless useless least efficient way to time travel but it is it seems a lot like the movie primer it is and, like primer uh, and time crimes yes like rolled into one so i don't really think it so uh, basically while uh 
you know, this guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, protagonist. Protagonist? No, no, no. Christopher Nolan's like blowing himself for being like this <laughs> genius. He's really just doing things that were already done in other movies. So it's cl- it's a closed loop theory, like in Primer, yeah. meaning everything that has happened has already happened. Everything was always going to, this going always to happen. happen. This always yeah. happened. I will say, though, that this is like the title, Tenant. This is, uh, he has done something I've never seen in, in a time travel movie, which I love, and it is making the palindrome movie. Just the idea of going through it one way and then coming back out of it as you are forward and everything's backwards, but then it's, it's such a mindfuck concept. Well, here's, here's one of many issues I have yes. with this movie. <laughs> you, there is really no way, if someone can explain it to me, Please do, but I don't think there's really a way to mentally comprehend how the people are interacting with each other. So, for instance, the guy that's going backwards in time is sees someone else, or either way, they see someone moving backwards. They're going forward. Like, how do you even fight that person? How does the other person react to the punches if they're coming in backwards? Right? So, like, if I'm fighting someone from the future, his punch isn't coming forward. Comes it's out backward. You've already like, been hit. How by would it. I? Re- I've, I've already <laughs> been. Hit. So how do you react to that? That doesn't make any sense. Well, even like the shooting, the reversing, the of shooting the bullets, the bullets doesn't, doesn't make, make a lot of sense. So you shoot someone by getting them in front of where the bullet was penetrated. Be. So then, when it comes back, it goes through their body. We had an inverted uh, wound, right? Remember that? Isn't yeah. that happened in the beginning? Like he shoots someone by the bullet coming back into the gun, and the guy happens to be in front. Yeah, you catch the bullet, but how do you plan for that? Because you how do you shoot because someone you already like did it, and you have to. I don't know. That's you already know where it's going to be, and. Yeah. But then, like, how do the people in the... Okay, but you already did it. But how do the people in the present... Like, there's clearly times when the protagonist is fighting, spoiler alert, himself, and he's dodging punches. So how is he dodging the punches? How is he interacting? Well, even the bullet thing where she's like, you don't... You already drop the bullet. The bullet is inverted. You're going to catch it. But, like, when did you drop the bullet to catch it? Does it just know? It's not scientifically fucking accurate, any of this... But, I mean that it's not it's not that it's science it's just hard you can't it's impossible it's concept, to wrap your mind so around they it. use the word like inverted entropy and like the concept of entropy is things will have a natural order to move into chaos so if you invert it everything comes back into order and becomes not like I can't what is that can you even invert entropy <laughs> the fuck is that well yeah it goes back to where it's to point a it, it reverses back creation? to point a well, I, I don't. I guess I don't have a problem with the entropy. I just have a problem with when the and when people are interacting. The mechanics, with each other, yeah. Of the yeah, mechanics the whole of thing about breathing, the air is reversed, and like that. I mean, every like basically, if that's if they're going that granular with like that, the air is you have to wear you have to breathe different air. Then like they're literally leaving out like a million other things that would happen to the human body that would right. does your blood that, that does your blood flow the other way also instead of yeah. I'd imagine I'd imagine your body would feel like it was in space and just explode well, because of all the changes that uh, just happened also in inversion instead of being burned by fire you freeze does this make any sense it is the opposite but is ice the backwards of I don't understand I don't I guess it does when he explain I think when someone explains it it makes sense but at the same time it just it just doesn't feel as cool as like other stuff. No. I I feel like I, when I was watching it I was just like all right I'm going to get this fucking movie. I'm going to watch this <laughs> twice. I'm going to be the most smartest man in the room. I'm going to know 
this movie. And I, and I was like, yeah, awesome. So I'm watching the movie and I'm like, all right, about halfway through, I'm like, I don't give a fuck about this. Anything that's happening. <laughs> well, that's the problem. I'm really, I'm like, why don't I give a fuck about to, to want to know what happens? I'm like, is what's happening even entertaining? No. They're fucking, it's a doohickey that they're going to get and oh, the world's going to end. The algorithm like, is up. I just watched Frank Grillo do the same thing and it was fun. <laughs> boss level. Like, I watched boss know, level. Yeah, I just, <laughs> it's fucking cartoony. I just, no, it's I terrible. Mean, there, there, there's a but, point in the movie, I'm the same way, where I, I was, I remember being in the movie theater and about an hour and 20 in, I'm like, this fucking movie is pissing me off. Because it was not only the inversion stuff, but there was like a long point in the movie where he like has to go to this art dealer and yeah. then has to go to this yes. person, and it's like you keep, he had to keep going from like uh, person to person, so yeah, person annoying. to person to find out information. That at the end of the day, it was like, but does this make the movie any better? Like it's just you're just finding out things. It's just it's uh, one thing that leads to another exposition it, yeah. dump. Exposition, sorry, yes. it's just exposition dump after exposition dump for things that like I still don't care like why do I care about the art dealer that he has to go find directions to go to this lady to go to this one like what like in Inception you know it was complicated nowhere near as complex as this but like you gave a shit about what they were doing you're like oh mm-hmm. I get what they were doing there were stakes it was interesting there be more stakes yeah and yeah just the characters you got to know them they didn't have this na- nameless name or you know they you know what I mean like there was this thing where, like, he kind of liked. You could tell that he kind of liked the woman a little bit, or had a soft spot for her, and whatever. That's and barely it, in this, you're supposed to believe that uh, Neil is really Maximilian, yes. which is the child. I didn't pick up on that at all until I started watching videos that the at the very end. Did you get this, Anthony? The kid, Cat's no. kid, Max, actually grows up to be Robert Pattinson's Neil. Oh shit. Apparently, but I didn't get that either. So, look, the problem with this movie is Christopher Nolan has this high concept thing and he loves his action set pieces. Great. He does one of everything that he does. The problem is all of the dialogue is pretty much exposition. He is explaining. And you can't hear half of it. Well, there's there's that also. I have the captions on, but he's literally he's explaining this movie. The movie is explaining itself to you while it's happening and it's still fucking confusing you learned nothing what, what about I, these what people. i think happened is nolan was like I, I like i made a cool thing with inception i made um memento i kind of want to do something similar i have this great idea and i'm i just i think it's so fucking amazing that i just i can't my head is so far up my ass <laughs> i think i think that what happened was there was too many times to the turnstile and then they're at one point, like, um, Neil, Neil was like, there's the like most, seven of yeah, them. Neil has the most confusing timeline of them all. And yes, yeah. every time they go through the turnstile, there's like two to five versions of you existing at once. And you're not supposed to interact well, with each other. Well, what, what I feel like he forgot. First off, he forgot, like, like how to explain things. <laughs> but I also feel like he forgot, like, how to relate to him. And a movie goer like first off the protagonist we don't really know no, anything you know about this person about him. He, he just it's just like a arc of someone you think would be cool yeah. but nothing like relatable and then you're never able to really like communicate to the audience what's going on why i should care why any of this matters how to wrap your head around any of it it's like it just i feel like he forgot about the audience and he just made made the film that he wanted to make which is great 
but people gotta it watch wasn't this, really dude. that relatable. Yeah, people got to watch <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, there's going to be assholes who are going to be like, this is a masterpiece. And it might be, but like, you're going to have to really fucking press really hard for me to fucking get interested in getting this, to give it a second chance. Like, you're really like, that's how like turned off I was after I saw it. Did you watch it, it again? I watched bits and pieces again. You have to watch this movie like three or four times, I I think now. But I don't want to. It's not even that enjoyable. I like, enjoyed it the second time a little bit better. There is certain fucking crazy things that he does, and I'll get into some of that. But largely, it comes out cold and soulless is the that's problem. The, that's my problem with the film. Is I, It's not one of those that I want to revisit either. I, yes, you know, And it's long, which doesn't help revisiting, but... At least one other time, it is rewarding, like all good time travel movies to watch again. Now, Chris Nolan, you could see this concept developing in his whole career from Memento to Inception. He's been working. He's had this idea for like 10 years, uh, but it is the most Christopher Nolan movie ever. Check this out. Here's a list of things this movie has. This is a list of things every Christopher Nolan movie has. This movie has everything. It has a nonlinear plot. It has a protagonist in a suit. It has a damsel in a distress. There's a dead spouse. There's your silhouette shot. There's masks. There's a resurrection. There's explosions. There's rich people doing things. There's a shadowy antagonist. There's planes crashing or breaking. And of course, Michael Caine. What the fuck is Michael Caine even doing in this movie? It was just another <laughs> stop for him to tell him to go to this other thing. And then let's get to that. This is what annoyed me the most. The plane crash scene, I, I loved it because he bought a real plane. This is a real stunt. He loves to do practical stunts. But when I thought about why Neil comes up with the plan to crash the plane, I was like, wait a minute. You want to crash a plane into uh armory that's going to set off the security in this underground bunker so you can get a Goya that's not even there to bring back to this lady so that she'll introduce you to her fucking husband? Is that what we're doing? This is yeah. what is happening in this fucking movie. Why are you putting people through that? You spelling that out is exactly why I don't Holy like this. Holy shit. <laughs> and it's, it's, the movie is full of convoluted shit like this. At the same time, it reminds me a little bit of James Bond, little talented Mr. Ripley, little edge of tomorrow with the battle scene. Yeah, at the but, end. but the, those movies have you have a character you're drawn to. The protagonist. I like John David. He's Washington. a great actor, but you don't know but nothing. He, you don't do it. You, there's nothing. You get zero. From I mean, I'd argue that Kenneth Branagh steals the show. He is like a Bond villain, cartoony <laughs> Russian Bond villain, and he's just going in all in it. He's crazy. But even his plan is is crazy. And this fucking algorithm, the algorithm that's like Infinity Stones, that's broken up into nine places across the world, yeah. and it's this big fucking clunky shish kebab thing. What the fuck is this? <laughs> this is what uh, is going to destroy this giant stupid looking thing yeah it was really a letdown that th this weird clunky thing is the thing I don't I was trying to scratch my head or I was okay the guy goes to dig for plutonium is, do people do that yeah yeah no that's <laughs> okay. like uh, after Chernobyl you know you had crews or after there's a nuclear so there's just a guy in like a really like low rent uh, dude, if you watch, digging. if you watch the HBO series Chernobyl, these dudes volunteered. They had to send them out like three minutes at a time, and then they were done forever because of the radiation to clear fucking Chernobyl is wild. So yes, all right. So then he finds this thing, yes, 
that who left that he left himself that but some of the or? people in the future who started this war which is this whole thing is vague who invented this reverse entropy sends so stuff they, back some, somebody left uh this capsule that uh with money and one piece well, of yeah, the time he has inverted gold being sent to him to pay for things yes <laughs> yeah none of this is and makes so sense. yeah i'm like i'm like okay so he finds this thing and so he's destined to be the guy to end the world or to to restart the world or to invert the well, world. Well, then he goes back and shove it up his he ass. He goes back to the seventies. <laughs> no, and then his plan is to invert the world to, and initially to stop global warming and pollution. But he's also dying of <laughs> cancer, conveniently, of course. I, I love that the they fuck? like just randomly throw yeah. in at the end. Oh, this is also like a global yes, awareness. This is movie an eco warrior movie, of course. <laughs> the fuck, it's like really? As if we didn't have enough going on. This is also this guy's motivation. Yeah, I mean, some of these, like, I, I gotta admit, I, I, I hadn't seen the movie in a while, so some of these minor details I'd already forgotten about, <laughs> um, and I chose to forget about. I mean, this is the type of movie, like, I walked out of the theater, and I went, man, that was disappointing, and my head hurts. Oh, man. And then the more I thought about this movie, I'm like, what the fuck happened to Christopher Nolan? Like, the, Jesus Christ. He, he it felt. I honestly felt like he forgot how to make a movie. But, but like he made all all the technical things it's are great. technically brilliant. It's yes, but you have to be able to connect to the audience. Yeah. At some point, all the technical categories are great. No. But if you if the audience member me sitting there doesn't understand what the fuck is going what's on, happening. and especially the uh, the temporal pincer movement, which is mentioned several times, and at the end they do it where there's one team coming real time, and then there's an inverted team going backwards and then they like blow up a building and then the reverse comes back up at the what i'm like what they is happening up in the bottom at the same yeah time. it goes know. down and goes up at the same time what i could not fucking follow here's another thing that bugged me the car chase scene like he has to have a car chase scene in every movie but is the car inverted also why wouldn't wouldn't the car drive forward or wouldn't it be turned around going backwards if he's driving backwards and they're following at the same time I don't know. I, it's a cool scene. It is a cool scene. On its doesn't own. Doesn't make sense. But doesn't make any <laughs> doesn't sense. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, how does the car inverted? But I wouldn't I? Uh, oh, made my head hurt. It does make your head hurt. I feel, I feel like this was the type of movie where, like, you know, Nolan's at the point in his career where he can go to anyone and do whatever he wants, yeah. right? And I feel like th- this is the type of movie where, like, he just he was unchained. Yeah. Like he had the, a, a gigantic budget to create whatever he wanted with a clean slate, he and he, he just did it. Yeah. And he just and he, you know, power to the guy for making original content. But I think he was just I think he needed someone to like talk to him. Yes. Hey, hey man, let's let's let, let's rein some well, of this back. Listen, a little. as brilliant as anybody is, right? Not all your decisions are going to be fucking well, amazing. You need a, an editor or somebody. Well, I mean, like, look, uh, as someone who's been watching movies a lot throughout his life and, and kind of uh, championing challenging films films that challenge you to kind of think differently or to perceive things differently i was disappointed in myself because i couldn't get myself interested in this movie and this movie made me feel bad about myself it really did it really made me feel like dude i'm fucking too old for this shit i don't give a shit anymore i don't want to learn anymore i'm like what's going on with me what i'm watching b movies because they're just easy And I don't, I don't have to give a fuck. And this is the same thing. I, I, maybe it's fatigue of pretentiousness. I don't know what it is, but I think this was especially one of these movies where um uh, I, wa- I was visibly and just 
just angry at myself and him for making me have to fucking think. And I want to have fun. It's COVID. And how dare you fucking try and make me think about shit that I can't understand. I'm like, I'm trying to learn about all this shit. I can watch a goddamn movie. You, you made a, a <laughs> difficult movie on purpose. And then it's definitely a uh, sniff yeah. your own fart type of movie. Yeah. Well, so, so um, does the end make any sense? What the reveals at the end, uh, the fate of Neil and, you know, and you see him, you see, you see the end of his life, but then you find out that the protagonist is going to meet Neil, I guess in the, future again he's gonna meet neil as a child as a child which is and max then, yeah and then that's um, i love that the the closing like the ending is the beginning he's like this is the end of my relationship with you but your relationship with me is starting and that's also when he first meets him he already knew that like oh you don't drink when now, you're working the thing that I, the thing that i don't understand is okay so at the end of this movie now the protagonist is supposed to start tenant right or the the organization yeah but he's already saved everyone. When? But it's not. It's it's still going to happen because it's a it's a time loop. So yeah, it's always it's gonna still going to happen like when he goes forward. He's going to have to come back and start edit. I don't know. There's going to be someone in the future that tries to do that. I don't know. <laughs> At some point, he's still going to meet Neil and you know train him and send him train back him to do his destiny of going back again. He's kind of like Kyle Reese, Neil, if you think about it. It's a little Kyle Reese thing going. His the destiny is to sacrifice himself every loop. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think um, I'm happy that I saw it. Uh, I'm happy that there were some there were some interesting action scenes and some interesting c- cinematography and interesting direction going on. I did like a lot of that stuff. Uh, I just wish that it was coherent enough for me to understand. And I, th- I wish that it wasn't so convoluted. They didn't need to be to tell the story. Like if you boil it down, what is the story? The story is this guy figures out that their people can go backwards in time and they're building some shit that's going to fuck up their entire timeline in order to restore humanity. Now that's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. This interesting idea there that, okay, they're going to fix everything. All right. So I started to kind of grasp onto that. Like they're going to actually fix everything by wiping out our timeline. Is that worth it? Is it worth it to like fix the world? And we already know what's going to happen, but is it worth it to fix the world to kind of remake everything and have a completely new blank slate? And I think that that's an interesting idea, but we never explore that. It's such a slow way to time travel. How is this useful? Yeah. The fuck? No, yeah, I agree. It's, there's there's actually an interesting story there, but he got really lost in like the like the puzzle piece mission of like going to this person to get to this person to like get this artifact to do this to do that. Oh my god, I, that that I mean, stuff was not entertaining. I think it's interesting also to kind of be able to look at an event and learn how you you can manipulate that event if you can go back and do it. But then every time travel movie does that as well. Um, and Primer did it better in a lot of ways, I think, and in more in a more co- coherent fashion. So did Time Crime. As confusing as Primer is, I, this is way more convoluted and confusing. Primer almost makes more sense. Time Crimes makes perfect sense. Like that closed loop story is phenomenal, uh, and also in Primer. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of care put into the the number ten and palindromes and these reversals. So I appreciate this. Check this out. There is something called Sator Square. Sator, of course, being the name Kenneth Branagh's Russian 
arms dealer. The Sator Square. It's a two-dimensional word square containing a five-word Latin palindrome. This thing comes from early Christian history. Uh, the earliest examples from the ruins of Pompeii and some people attribute it to pre-Christian origins. Now, check this out. Here are the words on this Sator Square. And I'll put an image in your podcast app because this is an amazing palindrome. The first word is Sator. Then it says Arepo, which is the name of the art dealer in the movie. Then it says Tenant. Then it says Opera, right. which was in the movie. And then it says Rotis, which was the name of the security company in the movie. Now, if you read this up and down, backwards and forwards, it reads the same. Oh, I can do that. No problem. Backwards and forwards, up and down, and tenant. So why is this why is this important? Like like if I just took a square and wrote E's all the way up and down, it would read the same every single way. No, right? but can you get Sator <laughs> and wrote and, Wait, what, what's a Sator? Is that a word? Not a is word. that a real I don't know. word? Yeah, yeah. If it's not a fucking word, what the hell is we, we there's one real word. It's a opera. Fun puzzle. Opera and tenant. <laughs> Tenant's a word. I is well, it? I don't no, know if not. he was inspired by tenet this. Tenant a word? Tenet? No. Yeah, tenant. I'm like, I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, why am I impressed by this? I'm like, oh, this is fucking amazing. You read it in every single direction. I'm like, yeah, but if you you just make up a word, make up words, yeah, you can make it fit. You know, I'm sure that you can do it with anything. A ten, Uh, yeah, ten. A tenant is a opinion. A tenant, a tenant is not a tenant like a like a person living in an apartment. Oh, a tenant like a tenant like the way they spell it in the movie. Yes, a belief. So it's a word. Faith. A repo and sator are not words, but I do like how he. Mix this into the screenplay, whatever, or whatever it's worth. Now, let's finish this with this. I found this article on Cinema Blend, and it makes a good point, and I kind of agree, is let's see Nolan go back to his roots. You want to go backwards? You want to invert shit? Go backwards. Make a movie for $5 million, Chris. Oh, shit. Just go, because you can argue Memento and his first movie, the following, uh, Memento really mirrors this a lot. The movie is told backwards in sets. But and then there's a forward story going through the backwards. But those movies, you care about those people. He is interested in the people, not just the idea. This movie, he just cares about the idea. He forgot about the people. But I would love for him. What do you do next? What this is like? I I feel like this is his opus. Like he's been wanting to do this for decades. Where do you go from this? Make a movie for five million dollars. What do you think? Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, it's tough to say he should go back. I mean. That's a different Nolan at a different time when he's trying to like he's trying to impress. He's trying to come up and do yeah. something with nothing. Like he's Christopher Nolan now. He he's going to get whatever budget he yeah, wants. So, and he's, movie, and he's a though. and he's a different man. Like he's not yeah that young guy yeah. anymore. He's he's doing wild things because he's been enabled to do wild things. Yeah. So I, I would love to see him return back to his roots, but. I just I don't think you go backwards. Not backwards, but I'd like to see him get challenged. I think you should leave budget. time alone. Oh. I think you should just leave yeah, time maybe alone. Maybe something that's a good else. Point. Yes. How about what else you got? Well, like I mean, like I. What was that one that he did in space? Interstellar, Interstellar which has that was a long ass movie, but it was interesting. I found that it was at least interesting. I like Interstellar. A lot of people don't like the Interstellar. Yeah, I. Th- I mean, it's not his best film, but like I thought it was interesting at least. So I'm sure that he could kind of, and that had something to do with time and space yeah. and all that other well, shit too. Yeah, but. Memento, Interstellar, Inception, all of these things have informed uh, even the Prestige and Dark Knight Rises. You see hints of every movie in this fucking movie. I think he just needs to. You can have a great idea, but don't become so obsessed with the idea that you forget about other yeah, things. Yeah, he got so buried in it. Like if he just stuck his head out, he would have been like, "Wait, none of this makes fucking sense." And, and probably someone should have told him, "Eh." This idea is not your best idea. Well, I just think that what was going on is like 
well, the regular people are not going to get it. They're going to have to watch it like 10 times, but all the brilliant people will get it right away. Mm. I mean, the, and, the clues are fun. You know, he's color coded blue. Oh, come on. Blue is like, more, the clues are fun. Yeah, like, but the, the thing the is, when people masks. even, let's say, like, when a super nerd um, explains it, like, you can watch the YouTube videos of yeah. them explaining it. It's still not interesting. It's like, I'm convoluted. not interested by even like, oh, and this happens. I'm like, well, I don't really give a fuck. Really, <laughs> what, who cares? Yeah. Who the fuck? Like, it's not interesting. Now, yeah. like, the most interesting thing in this fucking movie is that Neil and Max are the same person. Yes. And, the, I, and that's I didn't it. even know that until later. I didn't know that until today. <laughs> and that Neil was the guy that saved him in the beginning. That was the only big thing. Yeah. Well, we figure that out. You see the little, the, the keychain and the red dangly yeah. thing. And he, and he fights himself. And he fights himself. And Which is not supposed to be possible, right? I mean, I, I would, I, I, I would remember. throw this on and just watch the action scenes. If I would, I would probably never. Throw no, this not on to, again. like the action scenes are kind of crazy. I might one day if I like get a new brain or something. <laughs> like if I like, like no, I'm saying in the future when they go and they get cybernetic implants and I can all of a sudden I have a bigger hard drive in my brain. I'll go back and watch it and see if I can make any sense. Out of it. So I was looking up uh, timelines, like people who had put timelines together and holy shit, they are all fucking confusing. It still doesn't help. Really. All I know is Neil inverted himself the most uh, out of all of them. and has the most confusing fucking timeline. Well, look, let's rate this movie. Maybe rank it against the ones that you've seen that you know of. Um, rugs. All of the Nolan movies? Yeah, rugs. Start with, let's start with you. Oh, this is the bottom of Nolan. Oh, movies. shit. Yes. <laughs> then I would probably have to say Interstellar. Really? Yeah. Wait. I mean, oh, no. Dark Knight Rises. Here's what we have. So, following Memento, Insomnia, Batman Begins, The Prestige, The Dark Knight, Inception, The Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenet. Okay, so yeah, I'm still sticking to that. I haven't seen all of those. I've seen most of them. Uh, the only one I haven't seen is Dunkirk. The, well, the, and that's a lot like the war stuff you saw at the end of this movie. That's a lot like Dunkirk. What uh, what number would you give it, Rugs? What, for a score? Yeah. On a scale of what we usually do, the 10 score, I think I would give it. Oh, my God, I think I'd give it a five. Oh, shit. Uh, fa- and favorite movie out of these? What's his best movie? Out of all of them? Yeah, what's his best movie? What's your favorite? I don't know. I got a soft spot for The Prestige. Yeah, Prestige. A lot of people like The Prestige. I think Memento's great, too. The Prestige. But, and, I, and I like The Dark Knight, and I like uh, Batman Begins. So those are all great. Yeah. Anthony, uh, what are your thoughts? What number? Where does it land? Um, I'm going to give this a four and a oh half. Oh, my God. I, I just oh, I really don't like this film. It's I haven't seen a lot. Of, I haven't seen all of Christopher Nolan films. I'd assume this is the bottom. Um, I enjoy The Dark Knight, obviously, a lot. Uh, Memento, I recently yeah. revisited. Still really good. Um, Inception, I, I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, this is the bottom. Yeah. I mean, the, other, the only other film I can think of that's not as good or that great for him that I've seen is The Dark Knight Rises, but... The subject matter. I just I like Batman, yeah, Batman, so I'm still gonna like the film. Yeah. And uh, okay, uh, I'm gonna give it a six. Six. I fucking love Memento and Inception. Uh, I think are standouts for me, and of course all the Batman stuff. Insomnia was okay. That was with uh, Robin Williams and Al Pacino. You guys ever seen that one? It was kind of boring. 
I have not. He, uh, he plays a guy who goes up to Alaska and like the sun doesn't set for, he's like a detective for six months. I'm so. look, I'm looking up these Greek words or these Latin uh, words. Sator, so, repo, do they mean anything? Sa, uh, sa means plant. Okay. Planter. Cedar. Oh, Now, cedar. what is the other one? Arepo. Arepo. If these are real words, what does Arepo mean? It's, it's a uh, name. It's just the name. It's a plow. Okay. Is that a plow? They're not really sure what that Rotus. What about Rotus? That's the only one I don't know. That's just Rotus. Yeah, R O T A S. Sator backwards. Not uh, a word. List of showing. Eh, no, no. Not a word. Not a word. Anyways, that's Sator Square. People look it up. It's history. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I wasn't impressed by that. Jimmy Graben, we hoped we helped uh, cure some of your anxiety and uh, distress over this movie. So it's a fucked up movie. Would you recommend anybody watch it? Let's just end there. I think if you really think this, listen, we have some people that are smarter than me listening right now, and I probably can figure this out. That will enjoy it. So there's people that are more patient and whatever. And I would rather, you know, I, I'd see that uh, they probably want rather try and figure this out than than watch stupid shit that I like to watch. So. They should watch this movie. You can't figure this movie out on a first watch. So I would say, actually, I, even though I don't like the movie at all, and I can't recommend it as like a good film, yeah, I would recommend people watch it because I think the the, the dialogue around the movie is interesting. What people think about it coming out of it, I I, I kind of agree. I don't think it's his best movie, but. I actually recommend you watch it twice. That's the way to watch this oh, because Jesus you cannot Christ. you cannot figure out this movie on the first. But all primer, time crimes, all those movies you mentioned, the great science fiction time travel movies, you have to watch twice. They are way more fulfilling. Anyways, that's Tenet. Let's do some news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. And I agree. <laughs> What just happened there? Sorry. You short circuit? No, I was going to start, but I forgot about the fart. Wait. <laughs> Gotta wait for that. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Sounds like you short circuited there. Like, Imran can't stop talking even when he plays this. Like, <laughs> yeah. I realize. He's, like, you are, you, by the way, you are apex like interruption level today. Fuck. Drink. Everyone's <laughs> drunk and dead. <laughs> I was just going to say, I realized I just recommended wasting five hours of your life watching this fucking movie twice. Maybe don't do that. <laughs> uh, Jess Rivera posted on our Facebook group this great graphic of all the upcoming MCU villains. And there's a bunch of them asking which MCU villain are you most looking forward to? Geek boner. And holy shit, we have some kind of great things coming. Uh, here's all your people. You have Catherine Hahn. From WandaVision. You got Zemo from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, you have, uh, what's her name? Rachel Weiss from Black Widow. That's Richard E. Grant in Loki. Uh, Shang-Chi. I don't know who that guy is. He's a bad guy. The He's a famous Chinese actor. He is. Look, somebody yeah. look up his name. I looked up I'll this look next up. one because I didn't know. Hawkeye. Uh, this actor's name is Fra Free. Playing oh. a character named Kazi. The Chinese actor is Tony Leung. Tony Leung. Does it say who he's playing? Nice. Yeah, the Mandarin. Oh, he is the Mandarin. The real yeah. Mandarin. Oh, shit. The real man. So you got the Mandarin there. You got Fra Free playing somebody in Hawkeye. You got Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. You got Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro. 
Uh, you have WandaVision, possibly the villain in the Doctor Strange movie. You got Christian Bale as Gore, the God Butcher. Get the fuck out! Fuck's sake, man, you're amateur. I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> Black Panther. Who's this in Black Panther? This one I wasn't sure either. Don't know. You got Zawe, uh, Zawe Ashton, Captain Marvel 2, who just got cast. You got Ethan Hawke as the bad guy in Moon Knight. You got fucking uh, the dude from Lovecraft Jonathan Country, Major. Jonathan Majors, as King the Conqueror in Ant-Man Quantumania. Oh, shit. Uh, you got, uh, who's that? I forgot his name. From Armor Wars, from Justin Iron Man Hammer. 3. Justin Hammer, played by uh, Sam Rockwell, right? That's Rockwell. Yep. And then finally, Abomination, coming back, Tim Roth. As in She-Hulk. It's a tough one Wait, here. there's just... one more. Just announced today, Marvel has cast Kingsley Ben-Adir, Malcolm oh. X, from One Night in Miami, as the lead villain in Secret Invasion. Geek movie. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Malcolm like X is Kingsley the bad ben guy. Adair. Yeah, he was great. Malcolm X is the bad guy in Secret Invasion. So. Who is the guy in Loki? Who's the character in Loki? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. On the IMDb page, it does not have a character listing. Hmm. All right, well, uh, right off the bat, I mean, it'd be interesting to see Wanda as a bad guy. Yeah. All right, but uh, I'm going for people that I want to see for a long time on screen, like Marvel characters. So I want to see the fucking Mandarin finally. Oh, nice. All right, that's number one. Yeah. So that that's a big one. And, of course, the Abomination being back in the game. That's, that's also cool. Kang being that's in the mix. Kang is exciting. All right, so those things are like... Those are major villains that I knew from the Avengers and from Iron Man and from shit like that. That uh, okay, I want to see them brought to life. Nice. So uh, I'm excited for those. Anthony, uh, I'm still trying to figure out like so who some of these guys are. So I don't know in girls like who everyone is playing. But I'm I'm in the same boat in terms of like wanting to see famous characters put on screen. So like Jonathan Majors, uh, the Mandar the Mandarin. I'm very curious to see who Ethan Hawke is. I, I'm interested yeah. to see who that villain is, especially Moon Knight's an interesting character as well. So interested to see who would be well, the foil to that. Ethan Hawke's great. In everything. Ethan Hawke yeah. is fantastic. The casting in this is amazing. Of course, Zemo. Fuck. Geekmo, I mean, we're going to see Zemo soon. And, you know, he the last we saw, he was in jail. So I can't wait to see him. And I think he, there's so much depth to this Zemo. Uh, that's going to be exciting. And then... Of course, Alfred Molina. Jamie Foxx's Electro, whatever. That's great. Spider-Man. Alfred Molina coming back with that just honest, sincere, amazing Doc Ock character. One of the best Doc Ock's on live screen. That's fucking exciting. Uh, and Gore the God Butcher also. I want to see what he's going to look like. Christian Bale, another great cat. This is really the future of villains in the MCU. This is pretty exciting. I'm, I'm kind of a geek boner. Kind of hype now that they put all this together. We take a look at it at, in one shot. It's an interesting rogues gallery. It's going to be great. Mal Malcolm X, I think, will be the, the, the toughest villain. How many of these are going to be just CG? <laughs> oh, okay. So King is supposed to be blue. Gore, the God Butcher, probably is going to be covered. Yeah, or like I mentioned in another show, Christian Bale just cuts off his nose. He's just actually, he's method, man. Yeah. Uh, method. Fucking amateur. Uh, Abomination, you know, he's half CG. Yeah, those are your for sure's right there. Unclear about the Zawe Ashton. Unclear. Yeah, don't, we, don't, we don't know what the Black Panther villain is either. About Richard E. Grant. Maybe Ethan Hawke is covered in CG. Could be an Egyptian, like, 
dude, demon soul, something. He's not going to play an Egyptian anything. I guess that that wouldn't work. <laughs> that wouldn't really. That would not. You can't do that in 2021. I don't, I don't think. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think Marvel. Marvel would be pretty tone deaf to do I mean, that. They're firing people for like just saying shit. So they're going to have a fucking dude play an Egyptian. That's he's one thirty second Syrian. I don't know. Oh, the Black Panther one is uh, the actor's Tenoch Huerta. Oh, that's right. In, that's uh, Tenoch Huerta. In, he was in uh, Narcos. Yeah. So and but who is the bad guy? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, so, yeah, good stuff. Good question by Jess Rivera. Let's finish up with some. What are we watching? Who wants to start? Well, you know what I'm watching, and I, I will, I will be watching the. So I, I put out what I've wa- watched. I will be watching another round this week, probably Wolf Walkers. Oh, that's and, a good one. Uh, I've seen that stuff. That's a yeah, that's, Wolf Walkers yeah, is good. Good animated. Uh, Rugs, did you guys, uh, Anthony, me and not? Did you check out the Bat and the Sun's new short on YouTube called Batman Dying Is Easy? No, I didn't know it was there. Oh, it's 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 a good one. It's uh 26 minutes long. Uh, this thing has racked up almost 3 million views, made for a budget of $75,000 on Indiegogo. Uh, it's a kind of a psychological story between Batman and the Joker in Arkham. The cast is kind of crazy that they got these people in this, like, fan-made production. Uh, Kevin Porter is playing Batman. He's played Batman in the back. He's not a bad Batman. They got Michael Madsen to play uh, Bullock. Harvey Bullock. Oh, yeah. Doug Jones playing the Riddler. Chris Daughtry from uh, American Idol. Chris Daughtry. He was Hugo Strange. Oh, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> and Casper Van. Chris yes. Da- Chris Daughtry plays Dr. Stra- Hugo Strange. Casper Van Dien from uh, Stormship Poopers Troopers. And then playing Joker is uh, the writer and co-director. This guy's name is Aaron Shanky, who co-directed it with his brother. Who played the right. Joker? He was okay. He was a little over they the top. They did Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe. Yes, and they do all the great Bat in the Sun things. Rugs, what do you think about this? Considering it's a it's a fan production, sent they, right. they raised the money seventy five thousand dollars. Um, it's fine. I mean, uh, I the I like the opening scene where Batman goes into the apartment and beats up those guys. The only action in the whole thing, and then the rest of it's just him talking to the Joker. Yeah, and uh, you know, then you have like they're the acting is not the best thing about these things. Usually it's usually the action that really is great. So, um, I was like, wow, this is going on really long. The costumes are great. I think the, his, his costume looks great. The costume's great. I think the guy looks great as Batman. He looks like a cool Batman. Um, Even Joker, like when he raises his eyebrows, it looks like, like an awesome, sick comic book drawing of Joker, but he's a little bit much in. Yeah. There's just a little, it's just overdone, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I would have liked another action sequence there. There could have been something a little bit more. I left that be something to be desired. But I love the the design of the costume. I like the 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 score and stuff. They're pretty good. They're interesting. You know, some of the CG was a little bit, but like overall, I mean, it's a fan film. Yeah, it's fucking. So it's what it is. I, was, I mean, I was impressed. With, you know, in, in the fact that it's a fan film and the story itself, it's kind of like a great psychological manipulation kind of thing that you you get in Great Batman comics what exactly happens in this like the setup is the joker has called batman to arkham because he is dying dying of cancer and he wants batman to kill him he doesn't want the cancer to kill him he wants the batman to kill him right so that's kind of a i I like the premise it's a good setup uh rugs i know i watched another thing you watched uh on hulu the uh soleil moon fry 
who was Pucky Brewster for any young youngins. Don't oh know. my God. I, I saw this. I was like, I have the Hulu this. doc called kid 90. That is largely made up of her homemade VHS tapes of her hanging out with all the nineties kids. Like they all hung out together. They being the cast of Pucky Brewster, nine Oh two one Oh Charlie Sheen, Johnny Depp saved by the bell. Uh, all these, all these cats were all friends and they hung out and, uh, right. Well, my takeaway from this film was number one, all of these little young actors, they all fucking were, were doing drugs and telling people not to do yes, them. They were. And she, they go, she and, goes into that. She was doing the same and thing. And literally like every third guy that Sully Moonfry talks to kills themselves. Oh my God. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony. <laughs> yes. This, yes. Listen, Sully Moonfry. This part was amazing in this doc. First of all, I love New York in the nineties. She moved to the nineties rugs the same time we were there. She, yeah, I know. she was hanging out with those kids from the movie Kids Harmony Korean. So yeah, Anthony, she starts hanging out with these the skateboarders of the 90s and they all start committing suicide. In fact, the end of the movie, there's eight people that it's in memoriam. There's a there's a slate with eight people she's been friends with that have all died to kill themselves. And the, the one connection is they all hung out with Soleil Moonfry. <laughs> what the fuck is this? I was wild. Why would you put that in a documentary? I don't know. It ends with these eight friends who have all killed themselves. I was like, holy like, shit. Uh, all, I, all I kept thinking, I'm like, wow, what the fuck is her? She's the Grim Reaper. Yeah, that was wild. I did not expect it to end with an in memoriam. Like, what happened people. to Joey Lawrence? Let me, let me Google He's him. He's still like, alive. Whoa, I have no hair. I did appreciate like <laughs> the honesty. And I don't know if you know her story, Anthony, after Punky Brewster. Her, she developed really quickly. Huge tits. By 15, she had like so size no. E. E, not even double D. Wow. Yeah. Wait, why are we talking about her tits? Because it was, it's part of this documentary. She had, well, uh, yeah, she went and got breast reduction surgery like at a young age. It was in all the papers. She went on like Oprah and stuff. She got breast reduction surgery at 15. It was a big deal. How old was she in Punky Brewster? She was like seven to 13. I always wanted to see her and Kim Field's mud wrestle. God, (laughs) duty from Facts of Life. Oh, wow. She did have huge boobs. Yes. She also... Kim Fields also had very huge boobs. Yeah, but that were like uncomfortably I mean, large. It was bad. I felt bad for her because she had back problems. Men were pinching her ass. Grown men at thirteen treating her like a woman because she suddenly it was just too big. Like e, all of a sudden you can't. That's not good. Well, yeah, I mean that's obviously. I'm glad that she did yeah, that because yeah. you know she said she wanted to feel comfortable in her body, and that's cool. Like, also, you know, I will say I've watched. Why did you watch this? What? Why did you watch? Because this? I love Punky Brewster growing up as and and Soleil Moonfry. I always had a crush on Punky Brewster. I, I don't even up. know what Punky Brewster Punky is. Punky Brewster is this show from the. It's a sitcom where a, a a girl gets adopted by an old man. She has her mom had abandoned her, and he finds her and her dog, and she lives with Henry, uh, the, her caretaker. Henry. And it's all about. And she's just an eccentric. Yeah, she girl. has different color shoes. She does what Wait, she pu- wants. Punky's a woman. Punky Brewster is the little kid. Yes, Soleil oh, Moonfry. Okay. So are you um are you gonna watch its revival okay, on Peacock? Let me tell you about that. I watched the first couple of episodes of the Punky Brewster reboot on the cock, and here's my reaction. It was a great nostalgia hit for the first two episodes, but the show is trash. Don't bother. Yeah. There's no reason to watch more than a couple of episodes. Is Solio Moonfry on it? She's on it, and Freddie Prince Jr. is in it now as her ex-husband. She has kids, and the first episode starts with her adopting another foster kid off the street whose mom had abandoned her similarly. Yeah, I am down a bad rabbit hole right now. With the uh, Soleil Moonfry, Punky Brewster? W- yeah. w- with the gigantomastia yes, that she you're had? You're welcome. I'm- oh, my God. <laughs> these, these are not... 
These are big boobs. Those are not boobs that this should be on good. a child. Yes, a young child, and it was just. Well, I'm, I'm looking at like year. random oh. people's big gigantic. Oh, okay. oh my god! Okay, great. This is not good. We have distracted Anthony to to boob size. I'm not. I'm not at all turned. Like I'm not. This is kind of repulsive. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it's unfortunate. Yeah, way. yeah. It was good documentary though. I it really hit the nostalgia for me and to see New York in the '90s. Uh, was awesome in those clips. You could have married Soleil. She, I, I'm surprised I didn't run into her. She literally moved there the same year I moved there. We're like the same age, and uh, we must have. I've by heard, her. I've heard Soleil Moonfry stories. Oh shit! A few, really? A few of my oh shit. Uh, a few of my friends worked at clubs. Yeah, she was uh, big into the clubs uh, that were doing. I, I am not surprised at all that Ruggs had his ear to the pavement <laughs> in New York and would have heard, would have potentially come across Soleil Moonfry. <laughs> In um, where all the, the skaters clubs. <laughs> well, you know that movie Kids? Yes. Like they those guys were like uh you know, they were around the city all the time yeah. and they were by drugs from somebody yeah. that I knew. Yeah. But well, she knew <laughs> she knew the actual kids in kids and one of that one of them two of them. Did you ever see that movie up. Anthony Kids? Harmony Corrine, it's quite disturbing. Uh, it's a really disturbing film. But it's an it's an excellent snapshot of the skater culture in the no, village. I've not seen this in the nineties in New York West Village. Like it's pretty much like dead on real and a club scene, and club skaters, scene. Yeah. drug drug mm. addicts. That whole shit was crazy. Anything else? And what are we watching? Anybody got anything? Seen? Um, you well, you have here. This is what you have listed. You have uh. The making of WandaVision. Did you watch that? Watch Anybody that? watch that? No, pretty, I did not. I watched I watched a little bit of it and then I just I couldn't get into the, the fluff of them. I lo- I love all that behind I like the scenes stuff. Yeah. I don't really like the behind Did the you watch stuff. the South Park special? Oh, fuck, that oh, was amazing. Shit. Yes. The South Park vaccination special, hilarious. Highly recommend. Okay, I didn't watch it, so good. I'm gonna check it out. Uh you watch Superman and Lois, is it good? Superman and Lois is not bad. It's Clark. It's hilarious. Clark is Superman, strongest man in the world, can do anything, but his kids still think he's shit. Like, you can't make it with your fucking teenage kids still giving you guff and you're Superman. It's very fascinating to watch him be a parent and talk about mortgages and land leases for the farm. That part, not so. You're on the third, you're on the third episode. Yeah, now. yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, the Flash started up again. Avoid. It's completely fucking stupid. Uh, yeah, I'm not going near shit. that. And then Walking Dead is back. It's all right. I just have it on in the background. I don't really pay attention. So You have Boss Level here. You watched I it? I watched Boss Level yesterday. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Super cartoony. You know, and it takes that Groundhog Day living the same it, day over Edge of Tomorrow. It's a bad film that I enjoy. It's so cartoony. But you didn't mention... <laughs> The cast is weird. Naomi Watts is in there. Yeah. She is so good that she, Frank Grillo is just a piece of shit actor next to her. Like, <laughs> he looks the part. He could do the action. His, his acting is not not the best. And then Mel uh, Mel Gibson just fucking phoning this in, clearly. Oh, yeah. Tough, Did terrible. not give a shit. Will Sasso. Okay, that was my problem. <laughs> I couldn't take Will Sasso. This ruined the whole movie. I, you're going to tell me you, I can't take Will Sasso seriously as a bad guy henchman? No. <laughs> is this a fucking mad TV sketch? Oh my god! It, it, I I I thought it was hilarious because I'm like, I'm like, how are they going to get Will Sasso to be the big heavy He's in this the movie? Bad guy, and it's just you can't take Will Sasso seriously. Oh my god! But other than that, definitely fun, mindless movie to watch. I do love reliving 
the same day over and over again in movies is always fun. I just I I love when he goes. My favorite part of this movie is when he goes to a uh, a uh, video game place yeah, that, and yeah. he's talking to this guy yeah. that that runs it, <laughs> and he just. He acts like such a dick to this guy because he's like, how old are you? It's a, it's you work, a, it's you a, play video games? Is that what you're doing? It's a pop-up 8-bit esports tournament. And the dude's like, oh, we got Street Fighter fucking all. He's like, how old are you? He goes, 41, bro. <laughs> he's just he just looks himself. at him with just yeah. such disgust. So good. Like, what a, what kind of man are you? And then uh, that whole scene where like uh, the guy is uh, sh- the guy shoots him. With that arrow and that's with the chain, and then he drags him. Yeah, the hillbilly dude. <laughs> yeah, that was that made me laugh. It's funny and it's violent <laughs> and it's like cartoony violent. Uh, so it's, it's like time. it's like Looney Tunes. It's totally it's cartoon. It's like live action cartoon. All right, Rugs, that's it for this episode. Rugs, where can the listener find you? You can find me on Twitter at really Rugboy, where people are commenting on tweets I made like a year ago. For some really reason. wow, yeah, oh, Gail kid. Simone. Remember that Gail Simone blocked me? <laughs> yes. Well, I guess because uh, she was talking about some how uh, people were telling women characters to smile more or something. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, well, they always told uh, Henry Cavill to smile more, and when he was in you know Snyder movies, what's the same? It's the same shit, isn't it? And they, I got blocked for saying that, and so now people are finding this tweet and they're like commenting on it's it, and gone starting viral. it back up again. Yay! Yeah. Uh, nah. So, by the way, listener, if you're wondering where Anthony is, he's uh, hit his mic and uh, disconnected from the thing, and we're just going to end the show without him. I'm not going through the trouble of having him back in. It's just another track I got to record, causing all sorts of problems. Fucking Let me tell you about Tony, all right? Tony ruins lives. <laughs> so, Rex, you got to help me finish the show. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Listener, share the show, spread the geekery. We'll catch you next time. My name is Imran. My name is Rug Boy. He's the Rug Boy. And he's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. <laughs>